3: Bell Bernie!
0: Welcome back to the Fantasy Football Fire. This is the Pyro Podcast. This is episode 9 of the 2015 offseason. This is show 173. Pretty dope that we're 173 into this. This one goes to tight ends. And we're going to be talking about the top 40 tight ends and uh, counting down from, uh, backwards from 40, and we're going to stop at number 11, because we just put up uh, last night a video about our top 10 tight ends that you should check out on our website, pyromaniac.com. I am with Houdini, I am with Stag Party, I am D-Rex, and we are pyromaniac.com. So, basically, we're excited to get into some good stuff. It's a it's a position that's molding and maturing and becoming quite important for fantasy footballers uh, around the world. Uh, what do you guys think? We're we gonna we're we gonna be able to. This might be one of our shortest podcasts ever.
3: Well, you know, you finally got a position that's a shorter position, even though that it's going deeper in, uh, in in some of these situations. But uh, you, you know, it's it's absolutely you you have to look but a lot I'm deeper in in, in in the uh, in the. Uh, uh, you have to go, you can look a lot deeper at all of these <laughs> players now because there are viable players, even maybe not as much toward the end of where we're starting at here, but once you get a couple players in, yeah, there's a couple of these guys that are absolutely have potential to, to be fantasy impactors. I mean, there's a couple
1: guys, it's like numbers 11 through like 23 are all the same player. So, one of the things we'll talk about a little bit later when we get deeper into it is. You know, a strategy of potentially streaming tight ends. And it's something, if I don't get one of the top three, or four, maybe five guys, I'm really looking to just play matchups, stream tight ends, hunt for touchdowns, and that's going to be my 14th round pick.
3: I think that, that, that'll be a great discussion when we get into that, and I think that there's a lot of different strategy, I think, that you can do around the tight end this year. So I think we'll incorporate that into our discussion of these players as well.
1: And... You know, we released this Top 10 tight end video last night, and it got more fanfare than the schedule release that was released at the same time. So uh, I I don't know exactly how that happened, but thank you all of you for subscribing to our podcast on iTunes and on uh, Spreaker and Stitcher, and thanks for listening. And I I still don't know how we beat out the NFL, but I'm really happy to
0: say we did. We we are jumping to the next level, or... We're heading towards Tier 1 after being in, down in the doldrum tiers for ages. Uh, fired up. You know, the thing uh, that I think is, is important to note is just that tight ends now are slowly becoming overvalued. I think there's a lot of, uh, when you think about how, the importance of the top four, three or four guys that we, you know, obviously know. You got your Graham, you got your uh, Gronk, you got your Kelsey. Uh, Travis! And, you know, the, the like. Now it's in the Olsen. You know, Olsen's going in the fifth, sixth uh, ish round. Um, And people that love him are going for him even earlier. I think in mock, I might have taken him in the fourth. Eh, maybe it was the fifth. Uh, But he's going, he's definitely, I mean, they're getting a little overvalued in some ways. So make sure that with this position, because of the things that, you know, Staggs had just said, be very smart about not being a guy that's going after Antonio Gates. Uh, you know, in the top 10 rounds. Don't be overzealous.
3: We will get into that, but especially if you're in a league where the tight ends score the same as the wide receivers. There are other leagues that will weight it, uh, and I'm in multiple of them, where the tight ends get an advantage because they just don't score as many yards, and they wanted to kind of balance out the scoring in that league. Know your rules. If your rules are standard scoring, then, uh, yeah. Let's get into this here. Cool. What, One of the what, most exciting tight ends. What, this guy, he just uh, Talk uh,
0: about being overvalued last season. LT, <laughs> baby! He replaced the legend and he
3: shit the bed. Lord this not and we're not talking about uh, you know, Lawrence Taylor LT. We're not talking about the Tomlinson LT. <laughs> Levi Toyolo. Wow. So, toy, so yeah. is, is it tremendous. Toy L O
1: L? My phone definitely does not recognize this when I try to type it in. I have no I re- no reason why I would text somebody about Levine Toyolo, but uh, my <laughs> phone does not like it when I try to.
3: Siri ha- Siri has an objection to uh, to Toyolo. Yeah,
0: yeah, not a what fan. What does it turn it? What does it turn it to? Like Toyota? I, I I don't know. Toilet. He's as big as a Toyota.
1: He catches about as well as a Toyota would too. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the ball is bouncing straight off this guy's mitts, and. You know, he might get some touchdowns because he's, what, eight. He's one of the biggest players in the league, like, flat out. Uh, and yet,
3: he's more of a tackle out there than he is an actual tight end. I mean, <laughs> yeah. look, I mean, he had his opportunities um, last year in, in this offense, and he did nothing with it. So this is a guy that they're really not expecting much out of. Um, did they, did they already, did they sign a, uh... They signed a, two, players two players to yeah. hopefully,
1: uh, <laughs> replace him in a Jacob Tammy and a, uh,
3: Jacob Tammy and Tony Moliaki, your boy. My boy. But here's the thing, especially with, that's the whole point. You bring in retreaded Jacob Tammy and Tony moyaki who just can't stay healthy. Yeah. And... They piece they pieced together one tight end out of all three of them. Right, and, and, and those are two guys that are actually better than Toyota.
1: Here's the thing. 87% of the snaps he played last season. Wow. And he made a biggest fantasy impact as that little poop emoji on your phone.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
1: so it was like Toyota, poop emoji, <laughs> equals
0: actual Levine Toililo.
3: <laughs> all right, let's move on from Levine. <laughs> I kind
0: of like the name Poop Emoji. <laughs> poop Emoji. <laughs> that would be a great name for a band.
3: Um, that right. was that was well. That's uh, Poop Emoji was also Turl Owens. You know. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah Pyro
0: yeah. character Poop Emoji. Beta Brand. Beta Brand. If you know or don't know, them, it's cool uh, online clothing company. They actually did some shoes and some sh- some clothing with a nice Poop Emoji pattern. It's pretty hilarious. It actually looks cool. Check it out, boys and girls. <laughs> Um, all right, let's go to the next guy, 39, Andrew Corliss. This is uh, a fella that's in a great position in Green Bay. Um, he's done it. He's, he's, he, you know, he's had his moments. He's had, you know, a he's, he's like a, vulture. a year, Yeah, he's a vulture. He's not. He, I think we all think that a guy we're going to talk about a little bit uh, down the road with uh, 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 two Richard R's, Rogers? two R's as his, for his initials is going to be better. But Corliss, it just seems like his his window has come and closed um, a little bit. But I think if you're talking about streaming sometime and you got a banged up Rogers uh, or something like well, and that, that's what maybe, can that's what can happen. May, maybe he's a good guy to play in a certain situation. That's poo against.
3: But what you're really trying to hope for a guy like Corliss is because you know in this offense now, especially. That Randall Cobb is back, I think that that does not bode well <laughs> yeah. for for Corliss. Even if our Rogers were to go down, because uh, there's just where are you going to find the passes with Jordy Nelson, you know, Randall Cobb, Devonta Adams? Um, it's just not not conducive for him to be a success. He's a guy that, as Stag said, can vulture a touchdown here or there, but you really gotta, you're really going to pick that week, it's going to be tough. Yeah,
1: yeah, I can pick it. It's against the Chicago Bears. Well, it's
3: always against Have the Bears. Have you ever
1: seen the Bears defend a tight end in your yeah. life? Uh, well, we'll
3: see how it changes with a 3-4 defense this year.
1: Don't care! <laughs> <laughs> uh, but basically, Coyles played 60% of the snaps last season. He was a starter over Richard Rodgers in his rookie year. So, if there's probably, they played a, uh, not a lot of two tight end sets, but they sprinkled them in maybe like 30% of their sets are two tight end sets. So that he's going to get some playing time, and you know, him repeating his numbers from last year doesn't seem entirely out of the question. Right, well that's 300
3: it, yards and three touchdowns. I mean, there's nothing that's going to get you that excited. We're talking about tight end thirty nine here. All right, so let's let's talk about <laughs> let's talk about tight end thirty eight, a guy that was a
0: favorite of yours, D-Rex. Yeah, about three or four years ago. Yeah, I was I was high on him going into about four seasons ago. Maybe was that wasn't that our first year of podcasting? You know, yeah, I don't two, know why. the,
3: the two thousand twelve season. It was when he was coming off of his uh, his big five touchdown, eight hundred eleven yard. Uh,
0: yeah, and he closed it out strong. So
3: yeah, you know, and let's be honest,
0: he was the guy that made Ertz Brett Brent drafted Ertz. yeah, Brent Selleck, <laughs> sorry. Uh Eagles tight end. He's the guy that made Ertz uh you know, Ertz owners that went high on him and drafted him uh painful because out of the gates it, it was like, Wow, where's Ertz? But here was Sella catching touchdowns, playing a huge percentage of the snaps and uh making it did uh what's what's your line from it wow at Ertz? Uh, well, it hurts it. when I hurts. No, you uh, did a quote from in the in the video.
3: No, oh, <laughs> I don't remember what my quote was. that you're uh, me off off, off Oh, hurts so good. Oh right. <laughs> Come on, baby, make it hurt so good. Well, here's the
0: tough times th- love. All
3: right, we're done Excuse with me. you singing. No, that's uh, yeah, hey.
0: That's pretty good. Yeah, well, it was
3: that, okay. was, that was You didn't try to go to the high note. You know, I went so to. Uh, you stayed in your. You stayed in your realm. Here's the thing about Selick. Even over the last two years where he's seen a much more diminished role, he's still getting 50 targets a year. And, you know, it it translates. Last year it didn't translate with the touchdowns. He only had one touchdown. The year before he had six. Well, but now you've got to figure that there's going to be a lot more two tight end sets probably going on here in in Philadelphia, especially now that you don't have Jeremy Macklin. So you have a a dearth of receivers and you have unproven guys there. Well, here's a guy that's a veteran that's been around, you know, There's a good potential, too, with Sam Bradford. I mean, you know, he found Jared Cook every once in a while. Targeted him a lot.
1: Yeah, I mean, he's going to be on the field. And when you're looking for a tight end, that's one of the main things you're looking for. And he was on the field 70% of the time last season. Uh, He's a very, very good run blocker on a team that's, you know, technically run first, even though their pass sways a little bit in that percentage-wise. They want to, you know, run the ball five yards at a time, and that's what they want to do, and Selec's going to help them do that. So, in reward for that, in exchange for his you know down and dirty uh, blocking on the end, he's going to get a couple either short scores or just dump-offs in general to where he's going to be you know, he he's gonna stick right around
3: the edge of fantasy. I I, uh, I wonder. See, I, I think he he's a guy that I don't see him being effective at all in the red zone anymore. I, I see them using him as a guy that they'll grate when they're you know, moving up and down the field. Uh and and I think that when they get in the red zone, I think that's when you're gonna see Zach Ertz is gonna be more prep uh you know uh dominant, more you're gonna see him be prevalent in the offense there, so I <laughs> just did a coke commercial. <laughs> took a sip and goes ah it's and the, best is, and the best is you, 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 yeah, you, you, you screwed you, it back you, on so you that you can make, so make more every time you nerves. touch it it's
0: going to do it so you keep it open and you put it on the floor we're trying to clean up our act and we are a mess but seven minutes into this podcast
3: we are just <laughs> had so, a phone go off are, phone went off so
0: amateur hour we had this cool little thing to set up the, a valve air day at the beginning uh, kind of messed it up hoping that editing and the magic of, of, of the editing booth will pull us together so, so bear with us here, people. It's Wednesday. you want to talk about a
1: guy who's going to vulture some touchdowns? How about a Gavin Escobar at number thirty-seven? That's pretty much all he did last year. I mean, he's got six touchdowns in his career on eighteen catches. Thirty-three percent of his catches have gone for touchdowns. So
3: and last, last like, year it was it was four out of nine. Yeah. <laughs> wow.
0: It's getting better and better. <laughs> <laughs> this year it's going to be like twelve out of 10, twenty.
1: It's gonna have like Josh Hill like numbers like six out of eighteen or something. Pretty, it's like, oh, I'm. Thanks, Josh Hill.
0: <laughs> Josh Hill, who you it. The,
3: there was a guy. Was it, uh, it? We were talking about. Was it? Was it uh, Dustin uh, Keller when he was on the Bears? Uh, or Kellen Davis? Was he the one that had yes, like Like seven touchdowns on like twelve catches or something like that? Oh, no, that yeah. was Jonah Hill. Jonah Hill.
1: Probably <laughs> so block is about as well as uh Kellen <laughs>
3: Well the thing about Escobar, let's be honest, he's a well, which, he's not, which he's Jonah Hill. Skinny or, or, oh, or yeah, Fat this, Jonah Hill. The, the fat
0: God. Jonah Hill, of course,
3: the funny fat Jonah, fat, Jonah
0: Hill. Fat Jonah Hill's a good blocker, the skinny one's a good catcher. Um, <laughs> Let's be let's be honest. Escobar was a high draft pick. I think he was a second round draft pick. At one point, when he was coming out the same year as uh, Eifert, he was considered neck and neck. They were both potential first rounders. He didn't have a good combine. Kind of his stock fell a little bit, but still, this is a guy that the Cowboys went after and got. And we've talked about it at nauseum about how Witten is on the on the demo, the downside of his career, oh, yeah. and it just could be something where. Maybe this is Escobar. Maybe Escobar does start getting some more play and more catches, and if he can, if he can, keep, can even keep up somewhat of this touchdown ratio, uh, you know, he, he
3: could be a guy that you
0: can get real late and could surprise with some
3: TDs. I, I think he will. Not only can you get him real late, you can get him off the waiver wire. Yeah. So you don't have a- to draft any day of the week anytime yeah. you want. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. the thing is, I agree with you, and we'll I guess we'll we can save it. I've been We're twenty-four talking about, round drafts that a guy like that would probably
0: go.
1: Is the only Escobar I can pick up on a regular basis off the waiver wire.
0: I don't get it. Is that a drug? Is that a a Mexican drug cartel? We're trying. We're trying not to have a hit out on us from down in uh, down in Mexico. Sorry, Pablo.
3: Sorry. Sorry. We love you. Come find us.
0: And he says it as we're in my place. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Austin Safarian Jenkins is going to come in at number thirty-six. What do you guys think about him? I mean, is he's
3: another guy who comes kind of highly touted and drafted? Was he, he was, he was rookie last, rookie year. last year? Um, he had thirty-eight targets, had twenty-one catches, two twenty-one with two touchdowns. He came on a little bit more toward the end of the season, uh, but he's he, hurt
1: for the beginning. So that's you know, really yeah. Played in nine time.
3: games, so he's got potential. But the thing that we'll have to determine is exactly what is this Tampa Bay offense going to look like this year. You know, you're definitely going to have. So now you, you got three huge targets now too, right? With so, Jenkins is what six seven?
1: Yeah,
3: I, I want to say. And you got and you six got,
1: six six seven.
3: And then you like got a, you got Vincent Jackson and you got Mike Evans. So you got you got big receivers wow. here. Sparrow Jenkins does not have that speed, though. He's not like Martellus Bennett with the uh, with that type of with that type of. You he's know, not a burner,
1: but he's a four six four seven guy, former basketball player, prototypical power forward. So he's going to have a chance.
3: And here's Just, where he plays on a lot of plays too. He's always out there uh, on the field. But the other place where he's going to have a chance is that most likely it's going to be Jameis Winston who's coming in. What do we know about what's the easiest throw for rookie quarterbacks to make? Tight end is always the one that's easiest to find, and especially a big, tall tight end like like Jenkins.
1: And, you know, he threw to the tight end a lot in college. He, he probably per- made uh, Nick O'Leary some money uh, <laughs> with his use of the H-back, you know, tight end type of role that he was playing at FSU. So he was a hero in the national championship a couple seasons ago. He was pretty good as uh, last season there. Uh, Jameis is going to use him. Hopefully, you know, this thing gets sorted out. James is the quarterback there.
0: If it's Mariota, mm. I, I, I take him down a little bit. Did you guys hear what MJD said about Mariota? The next Blaine Gabbard. Yeah. Oh, that's... But what he was cool about it. He wasn't, like, ripping on him. He was like, Blaine Gabbard just came from Mizzou and had the spread offense, and he came, and he was... He wasn't in the right situation. He came in and he was just scared. and He was a different player, and he's like, he was basically wasn't saying Mariota's a bust, regardless of what happens. He was just saying it's got to be a perfect situation for him. Because it's setting. always
3: a compliment when somebody mentions Blaine Gabbert in the same breath of uh, uh, you in comparison.
0: I don't disagree with that, but
3: at the same time, he, he could have right. said he could have said Brandon Weeden. Let's be honest, if Blaine, <laughs> if
0: Blaine Gabbert uh, went to you know bringing the Atlanta Falcons, maybe it's a totally different deal. You know, who knows? No, you want to know what it is? Situationally, it's, it makes
3: careers. True, but with the quarterback position, what you find out is, is that when you put a even a good quarterback on a bad team, makes a bad team better. Okay? A bad team that takes a quarterback, if he goes to a good team, he just may last two years before they realize that he's bad. It's true. Because they're getting coverage from everybody else.
0: Was, uh, was Joey Harrington a, a oh. good quarterback or a bad quarterback? He was bad. If, he, if Joey Harrington had got drafted by the New York Giants, would they have won two Super Bowls? Not, I don't know. Oh, what I'm just, asking. I'm saying
3: no. Not with Joey Harrington. I don't know. He's great at playing the piano, too. Hey, that's, that's fabulous. All right. Steinway? So
1: here I am, Mr. Piano. Who knows <laughs> what's
3: going to happen with the uh, Let's with go to Michael. my guy next. The you, old boy, guy? yeah, Scott right. Chandler, oh, another yeah. Iowa guy. Another Iowa guy. There are, there's gonna be lots of them in here. I he's,
0: think he's been a shock and surprise year in a year out on on those uh, Bills teams. You always think he's gonna be. He's never drafted. He's always a pickup guy in week six, and then he goes on a nice little run, and then he gets hurt. But he does something when he's in there, and he's, now he's playing. He's playing the opposite. He's only missed.
3: Road. He's only missed one game in the last three years. So this guy plays. He's huge. He's six foot seven. He is. Uh, you go back. In you know, the last two years combined, he's only had five touchdowns. He had six touchdowns in each of the two, each year before that, yeah. for two seasons. You now go from having no quarterback in Buffalo, EJ Manuel, Ryan Fitzpatrick, all the other schlock that he's dealt with there. Now he goes to Tom Brady. They get into the red zone. What's you know, Gronkowski obviously is going to be the guy that's going to get all all the touchdowns. But at the same time, here's another guy that he makes. Clutch catches in the end zone. Brady now understands it. You know, we, we talked about Edelman when we were talking about the wide receivers last week. We like what he can do with his shifty moves and whatnot, but he doesn't have the size to be able to box somebody out, turn, extend, catch the ball, tap your feet, and be done. That's I like something the way that, you're
0: just actually doing it. Yeah, that's, and that's
3: exactly what Scott Chandler can do because his size, his savvy, he's been in the league as long as he has. You put him in on that offense, who's going to be the guy that, that defenses are not going to focus on they 're not going to focus on him Gronkowski's is going to get all the attention. Edelman gets all the next attention. you do a play fake he'll be sitting alone in the end zone with nobody around him for like three touchdowns at least no one around him.
1: The question is is who's going to get those garbage touchdowns is it going to be him it's going to be Tim Wright who they paid a hefty price for uh, last off season with the full off season under his belt or is you know Scott Chandler kind of going to be here being the Michael.
3: No, he's not going to be the Ua because, look, this is a guy that's had over the last two seasons, he's had 151 targets. This guy is used, and he's coming from inside the division. You don't think that they played against him every year, two times a year for the last five, four years saying or five years? This is a guy that would that could probably fit well with us, and I'm sure when when Chandler was deciding where to go, he wasn't going to go there if he was going to be the Uuuanamano Nui because he, he's got football left in him. Well, I, also, I'm
0: not know, sure. I don't want to sound like a, a broken record, but we know maybe that I'm
3: a little bit of a homer for my Iowa guy. It's all good. You should be. This guy's a
0: surprising. Uh, he's, he's good. It, you know, there's going to be games where the the, the team is always going to be focused on Gronk, and it, and he's going to be it, Bill checks and like Gronk. I don't care about you and your party bus. You got you got enough accolades. You got the contract. We're gonna we're gonna ride them. We're gonna have all that defense going with you. We're gonna be looking at you, and then we're gonna see this giant in the back in the end zone. Think about the best plays about.
3: that Chandler's had, right? When he it's huge chunk gains where everyone else is being focused on. They just dump it to him as he's coming out late from blocking, and then and then he goes. And there's another thing. He's an Iowa guy, so you know he can block. Yeah.
1: One of the things, though, is this grand party bus thing is excellent. His <laughs> like, I want
0: to win this. So I want to
1: win this because he's like the the four things you need to win this are fitness, focus, the will to win, and commitment to Taylor <laughs> Swift.
3: <laughs> and you have that. <laughs> I get that. But
1: I'm gonna play, 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 play,
3: play, play, play. See, I oh got You sounded better than he just did, <laughs> I did. Yeah, yeah. you're a lot better. Shake, shake, shake it off. Stag's is in even- oh. Oh, oh! He hasn't, he, even, he, hasn't even, he hasn't even cracked the monster. I yet. think he drank one before he came here today. We're cutting the rug over here. I think he <laughs> might have like you know some people have like the insulin automatic injector. I think he might have like a little like a little like, button, little button. He just hits himself and it gets like the the, the monster drip. I I think you're right. I think you're right. Some of the morphine. Drip. Though, got a monster drip. I'm not. We're not hating, dude. We're we're don't happy. Hey. We're, I'm, we're just trying, I'm just trying to ever as Jimmy, have as true. much energy as you. Now I'm, I'm trying.
1: Let's talk about a guy <laughs> I, I really like, who unfortunately just got Jimmy Graham slotted in front of him. Luke Wilson was going to be a big, big sleeper for me. Uh, you know, Zach Will, our Zach Miller, finally being like completely done, uh, and it, it looked like Wilson's position to lose. And then suddenly it's like, hey, sorry, here's Jimmy Graham, and. <laughs> Yep. I can't, he's going to use his talent from the second tight end position again, where he maybe can replicate his 350 yards, three touchdown type of season.
3: Yeah, you know, here's a, the situation for him, even, a, obviously, Jimmy Graham presented itself, you, you take it, so Luke Wilson, though, was a guy that, as much as he, he impressed me more in his rookie year than he did last year. I I think he kind of stumbled a little bit last year. You you saw him just not really connecting. Like he caught everything as as a rookie. He was a big part of that that Super Bowl run, there. Right. He had a good
0: playoffs in that situation. I mean, but he had a a
1: hundred yard game. You know, when I'm looking for a breakout tight end, I'm looking for a hundred yard game because there's not many tight ends in the league that can do that. And you know, trying to find one late who you're not paying a premium for. That's a guy I'm looking to target, and then it's like suddenly, Jimmy Graham's right here, and it's like now I don't see much. Now I see maybe 20, 30 yards sparingly, a touchdown. It could be here the next there.
0: Could be the next Jonah Hill. <laughs> the, <laughs> remember, remember, Jimmy last year? Yeah. I, I had him. I had him at the Well, rookie. this is the whole
3: thing. You, now, around. Jimmy is a guy that gets dinged up. So if you're a Jimmy owner, maybe is that same So if you were to I know you're probably not thinking that you're going to draft Jimmy Graham, but if you did draft Jimmy Graham, would you wait till the end and grab Luke Wilson as a handcuff? As a, as Can a I tell you handcuff?
1: no way would I ever draft Jimmy Graham? I know, Graham. but
3: I'm putting you into the hypothetical situation I, where you I, have drafted Jimmy Graham. There's I have it cross your mind? Yes, you have. <laughs> you can't prove this. I have never drafted Jimmy Graham. You will in your mind Unless right it was now. when I
1: told you he was going to score 10 touchdowns as a fifth-round pick. Then I drafted Jimmy Graham. Uh, uh
3: so you don't like to but, deal in hypotheticals?
1: No, I'll deal in this hypothetical. I'm not going to handcuff him. I'll <laughs> pick him up off the waiver wire if, you know, said injury happens. But if, hey, Jimmy Graham's sitting out for a game and I'm streaming tight ends, I'm going to put uh, a real good look on uh, Luke Wilson. Well, let's see, that's I'm a... going to play him in a daily fantasy game well, no, I, I, don't, I, don't I don't think you can
3: get him in that one because if, if, if I'm a Jimmy Graham owner and Jimmy Graham's sitting out, the first thing I'm doing is I'm going to go and grab Luke Wilson. You might not be first on the priority. Well that, well, that may be, but at the same time, but that's I'm saying that's just kind of waiting there to that. I look at Luke Wilson. I say even if Jimmy Graham were to go down, I don't really like his prospects. I think that the offense goes back to the way that they normally run things. They become a run first all the time, and I don't, yeah. I don't, You're I don't, I don't. A tight I don't,
1: end for two touchdowns. I, mean, I still think remember Cooper Hellfitt and Tony Moliaki and all these guys last season. You know, and there'll
3: be a few more that'll be coming in because.
1: Hey, remember his name in Daily when Jimmy Graham's sitting out. That's all I'm
3: saying. All right. No, no
0: doubt about it. Let's move to the next guy. Niles Paul. Niles Paul. Sounds like a guitar. Um,
3: is he Is he related to Rand? Less. He's related to Les Paul. Or oh, and Les. Well, <laughs> Paul Rand?
0: I, I that like, I like Niles Paul. Rand Paul. Rand Paul. Oh, Paul Rand. I think that's a logo designer. Go ahead. And Rand.
1: I like Niles Paul. And
0: Rand. Good books.
1: Uh, I mean, I just don't think he's a tight end. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, he's like a wide receiver out there, and they Bolden's the same size, and they stick him places, and it's just weird. Like it looks unnatural. It's like uh, almost Tim Wright with like ten less pounds, and he's not really a tight end. He's just not uh, not even a prototypical move tight end. It's just he's a tight end, quote unquote, and you know, great when
3: Jordan Reed's out, which is he's a down, lot. He's
1: definitely a plug and play option, and he finished, I think, fourth among tight ends with uh, 13 Here's my problem, him. He's,
3: he's a guy that, that he he really shrinks when the spotlight's on him. He's a guy that I, you know, he doesn't score touchdowns. You're a tight end. You've been in the league since 2011. You have two career touchdowns. And didn't he get right when things were getting going for him yeah, last like year? He or something, yeah, yeah, he got a concussion right when he was like a great pickup. I think like he played in all four. the games. It's like, but it, it he wasn't he, no. It was he, he, he fumbled. He got hit and he fumbled and then he lost his. Job. Oh, and it looked like
1: he died. Yeah, <laughs> it looked
3: like he died. He, yeah, I think he that got, fumble. That was, real and bad. That was and that was <laughs> the last. He might, he that was got, the last game that he started off, and that was the last game he started. Because He only started seven games on the year, and then after that, then I think that was also coinciding with Jordan Reed then coming back. Mm-hmm. So, like, mm-hmm. he had, like, you're right, he had a flash, and then and it disappeared. Yeah, he was a
1: good two-game or three-game player for a while.
3: Well, let's, let's, I'll let you guys talk about this one because I think Scott Chandler's better than this guy, so.
1: Tim Wright, they uh, obviously gave up one of your Pro Bowl offensive linemen to get Tim Wright. Here's the thing, I think they brought in Chandler to be a strict backup blocker and, uh, you know, backup to Gronk in that kind of... Uh, traditional tight end And I think they still envision, envision 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 Tim Wright In the old 81 role The move tight end role The Player to not be named later Role Too uh, soon Too soon
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, I think they imagine him using him in that kind of role Especially where they don't have uh, You know A true wide receiver one Where they're sort of A bunch of wide receiver twos and threes and You could use Tim Wright in the end zone to use his size. And you could use him with the full offseason
3: season. I get what you're saying. He did it last year. He had six touchdowns last year. He didn't get into yards. But he had six touchdowns last mm-hmm. year. And this is the thing that's going to be interesting. Our, and, and we'll have to find out. And you may be right. Because if you look at size and, and the way that each guy plays, they're very different. Mm-hmm. Scott Chandler is much more like Gronkowski. But I'm also curious too. If you're going to be stacking the line, let's say that you're doing the goal line thing, how many times are they going to go out in that situation and have both all of them? Gronk, Wright, and Chandler all on the field at the same time. So that's taking Did away a little got, bit got, from each of them. Well, you got, but then you're going to have because you're have Gronk and Chandler on the line, then you can use uh, you know Wright as your as your move H back type guy. I like it. Why
0: not? It, it, so you don't think that uh, the scheme in Belichick has got that uh, thought in his mind? I, I think he does. I,
1: I know he definitely has it. The question is, who's going to get it, as we always talk about with the Patriots? Who besides Gronk is going to get it?
0: The trio towers. The trio towers. I like it. Well, let's see with Wright. Who knows? Um, you know, I think uh, they did give up a lot for him, and he, he's done it before, so he, he, he might he might be a good player this year for I the mean, Patriots.
1: I mean, he caught 79% of his passes last season. Uh yeah, you know, a lot of those went for touchdowns. He's got 11 career touchdowns in 32 career games, uh, and only like 10 of those are starts. So he's definitely, a, you know, a pretty good touchdown maker. And you know,
3: well, here's why you focus on him, especially if you're in these leagues that are are touchdown heavy leagues. You know, you want to you want guys on good offenses then, and and ones that throw to the tight end. So you know, when you look at and Brady, if he's going to throw 30 to 35 touchdowns, and he's going to throw probably two tight ends, about 22 of them.
1: Yeah. And one of the things is, he had a good uh, five-game stretch. Uh, not many tight ends had good five-game stretches yeah. last season. they were more two-game flash in the plan. Like Let's be honest,
3: though. There's not yardage games. 10.86 ten, ten point fantasy points. Well, touchdowns are worth six points. I'm just saying, there's a guy who only had 230, 59 yards on the year. And most of them came in that five-game stretch. Uh,
0: <laughs> <laughs> Let's go to the next guy, number 31, Ladarius I did not
1: Green. go to Rutgers, by the way, just in case you thought this was a college debate.
0: I don't think Shiano's uh, <laughs> one of the consultants for uh, Belichick and the Patriots anymore after some of yeah. the things that he's been bringing to their table. Uh, Ladarius Green, I think One of the bigger disappointments uh, last year. And who? Ladarius, Ladarius Green. Yeah. He, Gates just does not want to seem to g- concede. He's just like a guy that's not handing the baton. He's not handing the torch down to the youngster
3: at all. Oh, well, I agree. And we were talking about Gavin Escobar with Jason Witten. I think that Jason Witten is going to show the decline faster than Antonio Gates. I mean, Antonio Gates is it's older anyway, he's been doing it for so long. And I just think that uh, this, is, this is, God, like Darius, you have a chance this year. And the problem with him was it would be he'd have one game where he'd have 70 yards and then he'd do nothing for four games and then have 70 yards. And then do nothing, have no stats in three games. Yeah, I think a lot of these players, and I think
0: we've named many of them already, uh, I I think a lot of these players are basketball players. They're not football players. They're not heart players. And I think Ladarius Green, I think Jared Cook, I think uh, maybe Jafarius is one. Maybe uh, I don't. I don't. Even, these guys are like Jafarius. Austin Jafarius. Is that like the after all? I'm all them all together. I'm all <laughs> them all together. Jafar. I'm all them. It's Jafar. Jafar Jar. Jafinks. Um, I molded it together. But, you know, these guys, they're tall, they're not football players, then we expect all this, like, because they're fast, and they're big, and all this stuff. Same thing's happened with the guy that we uh, were or weren't going to talk about, but uh, Gresham. Gresham was that same thing. Uh, We'll talk about him. The same thing. You know, he's 6'8", out of the Sooners, was going to be this huge, great, uh, I think he was a middle 15- Overall, he's a first-round Yeah, But at least first he
3: ride. at least he is not, not... I like him a lot better than the, most of the other guys that you've been mentioning. Pettigrew, he's the same mole. All these guys, super tall. They're just, we have all these
0: expectations because of the freak size and speed and all that stuff. They're just not football players. No, but but like
3: Gresham's a football player to me. He's he's willing. He's, he, he puts his nose out there. He's a hard-nosed guy. Some of these other guys, yeah, they're soft. Ladarius Green's soft. That's why he doesn't last because he can't take the pounding at the line. And, and again, Antonio Gates, he is the best guy to learn from, and he hasn't learned anything really. Yeah. Is, until he does it, I don't, I'm not buying yeah, it. No, I wouldn't the buy thing is,
1: until a guy commits himself to blocking in some ways, yeah. they're never going to be a tight end. And you want your tight ends to be on the field for like 90% of the team staffs. And if you're getting one of those guys, you're doing all right for yourself, besides that, you're just taking flyers. Yep. You're taking flyers on a guy to bust out and just have a huge receiving season. And to be used purely as a receiver and not really as a tight end. But still getting that tight end classification. And Ladarius Green with his sizes and speed, yeah, he's got a chance. It's
0: like a lottery ticket. And Ladarius, it's a And, it's a, be, and it's, it's a clog on your bench. That's it's a, you're going to drop him. you know, you got to have
1: a player on that end of your draft you need to drop. Yeah. I, I'm always a big supporter on at least having a guy... You know, week one, there could be something better there, but you want to see how your lineup plays out. You're like, oh, I'm not going to drop him. I'm, I'm, I've see, always got a guy. I, really I never gives.
3: throw away a draft pick, Stags. If there's a guy <laughs> out there that's worthy of picking up, and then I have someone that's worthy of dropping, I will make the move. But I, I by can't.
1: week one, there's usually a guy you're like,
3: eh. yeah. After <laughs> I see one week, there's usually a guy that I'll, say, I'll see drop. You later. Doug, but I didn't way. intentionally drop him to uh, to draft him to be dropped.
0: What I am is a player hoarder. I'm not good at dropping. So what I what I do is I do hold on to a guy, and it's week 13. I'm like, why am I holding on to this putz? What have I been thinking? And I did hold on. I hoarded the guy when I should have gone to the pawn shop and gone porn star on Christine this guy. Michael, pawn star, not porn star. <laughs> what are they uh, Freudian slip right there? Wait, hold on. When can, when's this podcast done? We got to get to red two. <laughs>
3: What's the next guy? Well, right, here I think we're at a, we're at a point here, number thirty. I think this is actually a, a, a player where we start looking at all these next players that we're going to talk about. Where you mentioned streaming, and I think that this a player like Pitta is a guy that, that can be a potential stream guy, not a guy that you necessarily have to reach out there and draft. But he only played in three. He's only played seven games in the last two years. Wow. He's been destroyed by injury. Um, but I think that there's good potential here Because he's, he's a producer when he's on the field
1: The thing is with Pitta As the coaching staff And you know front office staff said I pray to God He's healthy and he comes back Because they don't even know if he's going to play For them next season He's had two dislocated hips yeah. You remember Bo Jackson, the greatest, what, athlete of all time, you know, consensus, number one guy ever. He looked yeah. like the
0: best running back of all time until we, before he got hurt.
1: And then, whatever he was in baseball, possibly better than he was in football,
0: you know. No. Not possibly. <laughs> Not possibly. He was very, very good at baseball. <laughs> he was good at baseball. He was one. He was, one, he he was, was, of fame he was
1: possibly player. the best running back of yeah. all time. Dislocates his hip. Never to be seen well, here's, but
3: No, but here's what I'm saying. This is where you I need to start thinking about the streaming. Because if Pitt is healthy, you're not going to draft him. You know, or if you're drafting him, it's in D-Rex's 24th round. Yeah. So here's a guy that's probably going to be available, but you need to be keeping your eye on it. Look, it's going to be a Mark Trestman offense over there. You saw what Martellus Bennett did for the Bears, so it's not like they don't use a tight end in the offense. Great point. So here's a, a player, in my opinion, that I look at if he's healthy. I'm not reaching for him, but if he's out there on the waiver wire, I'm not going to wait. That's a guy that's, that's and again, the streaming, looking at matchups, maybe it's like, so, and again, when you're doing a stream, sometimes it's almost, you almost have to be rotating with your two tight ends, be looking two weeks ahead to pluck the guy before everyone's going to be looking for that matchup. The old foreshadow. Yeah, yeah, the old foreshadow. Absolutely. I'm
1: all about the foreshadow, and so is Flacco, because when, you know, he plays... He throws in the ball a lot. He gets a lot of targets per game. Uh, I think in the first game last season, he got something like 15 targets. He yeah. caught 10 passes. And then everybody was you know hot on him, and then it was too late by then. Uh, so as long as he's kind of going to be around, he's a guy you could potentially play matchup with. Uh, a lot of those teams in that division really can't defend the tight end either. Cincinnati's uh, a decent team. I think they're the best. But then Pittsburgh's pretty awful. Uh,
0: Oh, we almost That's, lost the exit. Oh, where's the epidural? Where's hey, the
3: epidural? That's just, just a pork chop. I just a pork chop. Where, where, I just got a lot of pork chop. Like, I right thought right I, I you?
1: told you, don't coconut bath salts in here. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh my god. Say, we almost lost it. Oh, man. Right? I,
3: thought my monster, I thought my W vein was bad. Overdosing on, <laughs>
0: on monster uh, Drink over there.
3: Haven't even had any. You choked on a little pita, so <laughs> let's let, let, let's make you feel a little better. We're gonna we're gonna go to cook and we're gonna cook that meat so that you can uh, you chew it down a little bit better. Cook, Jerry cook, cook. God, I hate this guy. Yeah, I'll, who doesn't this, hate this, this guy. guy? Will
0: not be on my tears. He's on the off, not a chance list.
3: He's he's been the guy that was always seems to be on the precipice of doing something amazing and then just breaking your heart. Because he always has one huge game a year. Last year, he saved it for the season opener. Made everybody think that, oh, this is going to be the greatest thing. And then it it fell apart. I got offered last year. No, two years ago. Was it two years ago?
0: Oh, two years ago. I I said this on the podcast before. First game, this one guy during the draft, I picked uh, Cook. Probably, I, I think it was like number 12 or 11. Kind of went high on him. And I, that first game having a fumble one touchdown, he's about yeah. to have even more points. And I got offered LaShawn McCoy for right. a big year straight up for him, and I turned it down. That's how I was like, yes, this guy's going to be the next rock, next rock And I turned down straight up after week one, LaShawn. Mistakes, mistakes, mistakes. Go home! Yeah. That's why
3: you have to learn from what you do or don't do. Yeah. And, and sometimes, and that guy, the guy who, who offered it to you, sometimes the best trades you make are the ones that you don't.
0: Yes, absolutely. And th- this guy trades like a monster, though. He's, he's just a <laughs> machine.
3: That always happens. with people who do that. See, it's,
0: the thing with Jared Cook is he's
1: big and he's fast, but I guess he's not a football player. And he doesn't even start most of the time. I mean, he's behind uh, Lance Kendricks, you know, on the depth chart technically, and it's like, uh, he, he's like a gimmick tight end and... Ugh, he's just aggravating his he's, own.
3: He's The thing with him, though, too, is that he's also not had the... I mean, how many games has Bradford played in the last two years? So he's not had steady play at the quarterback position. Now you're going to bring in Nick Foles. I don't know how much steadier that makes it for him. But at the same time, if Foles can at least play all 16 games, that would be... Bunch is going to be saying something for him since, you know, he hasn't done it either. So let's... Let's wait and see. I think J- Jared Cook is one of those ones you're, you're strictly looking at him. At, let's someone else draft him.
0: Yeah, look at him strictly. He's a as, streaming
3: option. He's a strictly a streaming
0: option. And remember last year that uh, the uh, backup Austin or whatever his name is, the quarterback Austin remember, Davis. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Remember when he dropped a, a touchdown wide open? Dropped the touchdown, Cooks, and went up and pushed Austin. This guy's a punk. You don't want him on your team. Bad energy. All right, let's go to the next. Let's go to the next dude. And that's going to be pick number, er, not pick, tight end, rank 28, Gresham. But he's not on a team right now, but I'll let you guys talk, so he's a free agent. I still like him more than these guys
3: we've been talking about. Yeah, well, Uh, Gresham is a legitimate... Tight end. That's why I'm saying I don't. I don't like when we were categorizing him with like the, the the basketball players. I think he's got well, more. Because he learned off. how to block. He's yeah. really got and he, a way and to he committed it. himself to that and, and he really had to. Why? Because they signed Tyler Eifert and they said, okay, you're going to be the blocking back now. We have a better uh, wide receiver type tight end on the team that we drafted. Why
0: didn't Why didn't uh, the Bengals want to keep him around? It's money.
3: I mean, they're they're sitting there because he had his best season
0: last year. Yeah. He, I mean,
3: he actually had. a he, well, maybe no, was best. No, his best was, was, was back in 2012. Yeah, he had some best, season. but it was But a he's, good he's been consistent, and this is the thing. The place where they're talking about him landing is Oakland. Oakland is
0: that where everyone's landing these days? Oakland's well,
3: yeah, because they got to get over that salary floor. I know, I know the reason why, but these guys, it's hilarious. <laughs> well, see, but that's like actually Think about what's a better place for? Would you? I don't. I don't think him going to Chicago does him any good in the fantasy value. If he goes to Oakland, you got listen. You got Carr who's developing. You're putting adding weapons to there. It's either going to be a Kevin White or Amari Cooper who's going to be coming and adding to the wide receiving core. If he can come in there again, younger quarterback, look look at how many times he targeted Michael Rivera, except that Rivera would just get blown up. So he's another guy like Miles Paul. He's a small dude. He's just not. He just doesn't have that that tight. Every that time he gets hit, tight, it's, it's like, inside. oh man, I feel sorry for him. and yeah. I, I, I want to just console his sister. Yes, yeah. <laughs> very much so. Every morning. Uh, every time. Every yeah. morning. Go ahead. I like Rivera more.
1: Rivera's the next guy on our list. I think if Gresham signs with Oakland, he'll end up being, you know, a tight end two blocker, you know, extra kind of lineman, body guy. Uh, but I think they'll still use Rivera as the receiver. Uh hundred
3: targets. Who becomes left. more effective in the red zone though?
1: Well, Rivera's never been effective in the red zone. First, I think Oakland needs to focus on getting near the red zone. And uh, then they need to focus enough. on getting I, I, in the end zone. Fair enough, fair enough. And then they'll be a pretty decent football team if they can like accomplish one thing before they accomplish well, the I mean, they, they do get Dark to play corners. against
3: the Bears this year.
0: Oh, that's good for that's their offense. Yeah. That'll, that'll, that'll boost That's things, good for though. the tight end. Good times. Well, You know, it, you, were, you were mentioning, Skaggs, uh, he did have 100 targets. So the, Carr does like throwing uh, to the tight end. And I kind of agree that until we see... You know, right now, Gresham's not on the Raiders. So right. when you're talking about Rivera, and I see 100 targets from from last year, and he's only... A, he's a second year. This is going to be his third Let's year. Make, I'm only, that about could, that. Go, could go up. He might just have a good rapport with Carr. He might be, out of all these guys here, just
3: target and steal and opportunity-wise, he might be just the fine, the, find, the you, you're, you're, not, you're not kidding here. And I'll make this point. If Gresham goes there, it all changes. But if he's not there... How many tight ends get 100 targets a year? It's like four or five at the most. Yeah. Sometimes only three or two. So, you know, now, no, it's not in comparison to where, like, Greg Olson is right now at 130, 140 targets. But 100 targets is, I mean, we're talking about these guys in, in Gresham and all these other guys. You know, at the most, they're get like 80 targets. We're talking 70 targets. We're talking, you know, so 100 targets. And it, you think about this. Think about Car's progression from one year to the next. And again, it's I think to me it's it's really about Rivera being able to take the beating, because what he does, unfortunately, and part of it was having a rookie quarterback. Is you get it, the quarterback has has got to let you not be exposed in horrible situations where you're going to take hits coming across the field. That's what he did a lot. So if they can figure out ways to to, to you know, and it's going to be, uh, you know, you got a new head coach there, so it's going to be a new scheme. Are they going to find ways to protect him in the offense?
1: The thing, the thing is, he's not overly tall or overly fast or overly a great pass catcher. He's just sort of a consistent, sort of Jordan Reed type receiver. Uh, doesn't have a great catch percentage like Reed, though. So you're kind of concerned about him. And he finished last team uh, last season, nineteenth overall among tight ends. But there's no real trends to speak of in his tight end or in his uh, numbers. I don't know what I'm talking about. right now. <laughs> Well, the but truth is,
0: let me let me help let me help you out. You're like I I I. Um, look, <laughs> the guy 100 targets is more targets than Julius Thomas. Hmm. Oh, more Black targets Fox. than Fleener. More targets than Ertz. More targets than Cameron Jordan Cameron. More targets than Gates. More targets than Dwayne Allen, more targets than Charles Clay, more targets than Witten, more targets than Rudolph, who was hurt. The list goes on. He's he's basically basically in that top eight, top six, top seven, top eight-ish of targets for people. That's
3: enormous. And you get the growth of a rookie quarterback going into his second year, so it can only help. And he's a late, late pick.
0: So, uh, next guy we'll talk about here is... Rookie a
3: uh, Jason Morrow from last last year's rookie, Jason Morrow. And, and Morrow had... Uh, he had a couple games. Was it him? One game with like 11 catches, I think, or something yeah. like
1: that. For like 68 yards. I understand.
3: He was playing for the Jets. He had Geno Smith throwing the ball. Well, come on, you know, give the guy a break. Give him a break. So, and he's a rookie. You look at what, they're, what they've what they done now. Now they're going to go from having Percy Harvin, who was just all this weird, funky offense... You're going to go more standard. You're going to have Brandon Marshall. You're going to have Eric Decker. So you got your big two wide receivers on the outside. you you got Amaro, who's, who's, who's going to be your every down tight end. So you talk about a guy who's going to be out there for 90% of the plays? That's this guy. And he has shown the ability to, and he, and he caught 38 of 53 targets as a rookie. That's pretty good as far as catch percentage. His catch percentage is ridiculous. You've got to look back to what he did in college. He's
1: a 100-plus catch guy. Right. Like, he is a volume catcher, so in PPR leagues he gets a little bit of a boost. Nice. Uh, that's one thing I like about Namara. If somebody could play wide receiver or somebody could play quarterback, quarterback to but th- distribute the ball. To here's where here's where I'm gonna give and you, and here's
3: where I'm gonna I'm gonna make the flashback to a guy that we talked about Scott earlier, Chandler. right? Yeah, because what did Ryan Fitzpatrick do? He threw six touchdowns a year to, to 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 Scott Chandler. Ryan Fitzpatrick knows how to throw to the tight end, so. I like it. I like it. The last two guys, Rivera and, and Amaro,
0: those are those are guys that if you don't go early, those could be those gems to stash that it,
3: if things
1: I don't go early, I just go often.
0: You <laughs> but
3: these <laughs> are also <laughs> you a guys state <laughs> problem. <laughs> <laughs> these are also guys just to even when you're when you're sitting there, if you if you're drafted the tenth tight end, the ninth tight end, look for these guys because there may be a, a horrible matchup for your guy. And you just want to go and pick this guy off the waiver and plug him in for a week. I think I'm
0: drafting both the last two guys, and I'm just going to stream them. Those two guys. Yeah. Just two. I, I
1: think there's... there's Victory. Victory
0: is, is mine. There'll be a couple better guys we talked about a little bit further down the line. I'm done. I'm shutting this bucket. <laughs> you guys finish this thing out. <laughs> I'm going where I going. All right.
2: Let's
0: go to the next guy. R.R. Um, Rogers. Mr. Heat. Oh, sorry. I went forward. You're right. Mr. Richard Rogers. Yo, Rogers. Discount double check. Third round okay. pick,
1: Rodgers to Rodgers connection. What what can you not like? He's got the best quarterback in the league, second best quarterback in the league, fantasy wise. Possibly we could debate that.
3: We already we know that he doesn't have a ton of competition with Andrew Corliss, so the, the only thing that he has is is trying to fight for the ball. And the problem, the the biggest problem that he has, which is why a Green Bay tight end, you would think, well, wow, Aaron Rodgers throws almost forty touchdowns a year, easy. That should be plenty for to go around for the tight end. But for whatever reason, the tight end just doesn't, you know. It's four, four, four each or something. Right. Because, no matter who it is. Because unfortunately, what what it, what matters most and, and who he trusts most is not his younger, un uh, inexperienced tight ends. He trusts Jordy Nelson when he gets into the red zone. He trusts Randall Cobb when he gets into the red zone. Um, so this this is the problem that he has. He needs to show. Great development. So here's a guy What I would say is this with Richard Rodgers. I'm really waiting to see what happens in training camp and what happens in their first three preseason games. I want to see, is he the guy that's being trotted out there all the time with the first team, or is it something where they're mixing and matching with Corliss? If he's out there all the time with the first team, I'll tell you this, his ranking of 25 will go up. He'll be a top twenty tight end for sure, and you
0: know he's got a whole season to be with Green Bay and know the Green Bay way and know the system. He's a rookie last year; it wasn't like you know he just he came and he did pretty certain. Sur- he, he he beat as a you rookie said, on a good team, rookie on a good team, and he looked pretty good. Everything, all signs point to this guy that could be could be their tight end for a while. I mean, but I agree, was. tight end doesn't get a lot from Rodgers, but still.
3: Things change, well, and he can grow into the position. Well, I know why they probably don't, because a lot of the Titans I've had there before have gotten him sacked, and he's going to throw you the ball after you get him sacked. True, true, true that. I
1: just think Jermarco Flintley couldn't catch the ball on a consistent basis. <laughs> he also Is had a the... big
3: mouth on him, if you do remember. Oh, yeah. there, there was... He
1: got his neck Is he, he ever coming back? back? No, but, I don't think so. I think he's uh, officially retired. He, he only finally
3: years he years only started, started to produce well when he and Rodgers started to, when he acquiesced to Rodgers. So this, Richard Rodgers is already acquiesced to Rodgers. <laughs> yeah. Now it's just a matter of putting in the work and getting I it mean, done. I mean, he was more
1: involved in the playoffs. I think he started the last five games of the season. I think he started both of the playoff games. Uh, touchdown in the first playoff game and then 35 yards uh, on four catches and five targets. So he was a little more involved in the playoffs. And from a rookie, that's what you like to see. Rookie pride... Tight ends just don't normally produce. No. Well, um, and
3: the other great part is with all the weapons that he does have around him. If the best part about him was is that he showed separation. He can separate from defenders. Yeah. The well, if you're able to do that, you're separate. definitely going to be able to, with Aaron Rodgers throwing the ball and you having all the other dearth of weapons around you, uh, the wealth there to to take defensive pressure away and off of you. He's never going to be double covered. A lot of
0: second year tight end uh, players this year that. Good. They're Good interesting. Turn the They're Good interesting. Good the corner. So maybe taking a flyer on the 85-year tight next. Yeah, there you go. Uh, <laughs> Heath Miller, Roethlisberger's boy. Um, you know, I, I don't know. He he seems to be. He's like twice as old as he looks or plays. He
3: just seems old. He's one of these but guys really though, not that old. you know. And again, it. I love the Steeler offense this year. I think it's going to be a juggernaut and. Miller, I think, is gonna be one of those guys where no, you're not gonna get any of the, the huge potential games that you maybe got would have got for him six years ago. But you're in a situation now where if you're got your tight end on a bye week and you need to grab a guy off a waiver, and I want to guarantee myself five points, grab Heath Miller. Because he's the touchdowns are not where they've been in the last two years. Yep. He used to be a big touchdown guy, he used to, you know, he used to give you uh, potential. He had eight back in 2012. He had six back in 2009, but then for the most part, he's he's that guy that is inside the 20s of, of, uh, of the field, and he makes his, his, his pay there. He's a big third down type guy, that, where, where Roethlisberger looks to, but here's a guy that I figure, you're, you're trying to st- stick him in, you can get a 50-60 yard game and maybe get lucky with a touchdown if you're lucky.
1: Yeah, I mean, well he finished last season number 11 among tight ends. Didn't see 100 targets, though. I think he was the only one in, like, the top 15 who didn't see 100 targets or something along those lines. He was the only one in the top 11 who didn't see almost 100 targets, something like that. And the thing is, he had a 100-yard game. A couple years now removed from his ACL injury, so he's healthier. Uh, you know, he's got... The best receiver in football on one side. He's got Martavis Bryant on the other side. And he's still just the you know safety valve outlet who's gonna catch a lot of passes. Often uses a blocker, ninety-seven percent snap count rate. He played over a thousand eighty one he played a thousand eighty-one snaps last season. So, he's always going to be on the field for you. By so, the way, I
3: think there's only 700 target. 700
1: uh, target guys. Yeah. And he was one of the highest finishers who didn't have a 100. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the 90 to 100 range. Yeah, uh, 91, yeah. Uh, often used as a blocker. But, yeah, the touchdowns are a little bit concerning. But, hey, he's a guy who I'm comfortably going to stream for a couple games. The thing is, when they play inside the division... He doesn't play that well. He mostly uses a blocker against these teams that like to the Ravens. Well, it makes sense. And the Bengals. And right, and the Browns. And the Browns. You like
3: to blitz them. And they're all tough defenses.
1: And they're all tough defenses. He's, so he's going to struggle against those. So, so that's this is something the, so to this avoid. Is, this
3: is the note. When you stream him, don't stream him for a division game. Make sure you stream him for a game where he's outside the division. All tell right, say I didn't tell you. <laughs> so let's, go, let's stay in their division. Let's go to Cincinnati. Let's talk about the guy that uh, we brought up earlier. We were talking about Jermaine Gresham, Tyler Eifert. Now, Eifert, what did he do? He he got hurt in the first game last year, season over, Um, was coming into it. We talk about productive rookie seasons. He actually had a pretty productive rookie season, if you think about it. He had uh, 39 catches for 445 yards and two touchdowns back in 2013. So now he's coming back, he's healthy. Now he doesn't have to worry about Jermaine Gresham being there. So he now is going to get flexed into a, a bigger role. Um, and, and Eifert, he's got playmaking ability, and he's going to have something to prove, and he's going to have a chip on his shoulder, and he's going to slide because nobody knows what the hell to expect from him right now. So here's another guy you should be paying close attention to and see what he does in the first couple preseason games. See if he looks like he's fluid. See if he's got that. You know, this is an offense that pretty much has almost all the pieces returning. So it's not like you're you know, and you're actually adding pieces that were there two years ago and coming back. Him with Mike Marvin Jones. Jones, right? So Mike and Jones. the
0: only the only piece that's not returning is the piece that was playing his position in Gresham.
3: Right. I had him. Yeah. So the continuity is there on offense, so it, it makes it easier for a guy like him to then take the next step because it's it's not like you're changing everything around. From and other it's other also
0: better when you get an injury at the very beginning of the season, that that window, that, that calendar of opportunity yeah, helps you a lot more than if you got injured in week 16. Absolutely. Yeah, a whole year to recover sounds nice. There's a lot of buzz about him. I think he's a guy that... Is probably like a pitta was last year, where he's gonna go a little bit high, and the risk and reward factor is is is, 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 is questionable. If you get the reward, you're you look like a genius. If you get the risk, and he re, gets re-banged up again, I mean, he hasn't been able to do it so far. He keeps on getting hurt. But again, this is a guy that was a top ten pick in uh, two years ago. He's the number the first one tight end pick,
3: I think. Yeah, Notre so.
0: Dame. He went to the national championship. Uh, had a great, great, great college career. Here's
3: the other benefit he gets. He didn't play with Jeremy Hill. Okay? Yeah. The, when he was playing, it was, that was Ben Jarvis, Green Ellis, and Giovanni Bernard. Yeah. So you look at, at the potential things where I look for where Eifert can be really effective. Well, look at these, like, uh, play action or draw type plays where you're, like, but the quarterback's still holding on and he's going to release on a block and release. And they have to commit because you have to commit guys, a linebacker, to Jeremy Hill if he's running, crashing into the line, and then you can release to Eifert, and he can maybe break on a, on a five-yard pass, break it for 35,
0: 40 yards. I mean, I don't know if he's on contract here, but it's a make or break here for Eifert. There's no question about it. So, he's definitely going to have to have a good season, and if he can stay healthy, the talent's there. Could be, could be a great, great pick. I
1: mean, when it comes to lottery tickets as a potential tight end, too, he's one I really like.
3: Uh, you know, well, I thought the next guy was a guy that you really liked.
0: We'll get to that guy next. <laughs> it seems like a lot of people are there. So I, don't, I think that I've heard, well, he isn't, isn't going to be like the very end of the draft kind of no. guy. He's going to he's gonna go higher than you think. Because the buzz is going to happen. He's going to have a couple touchdowns in the preseason. I've got to make a statement. It, it also gonna, depends
3: on gonna, what part of the country you're in, right? Or if you have guys... You know the people in your league, right? Like if you... Yeah, we're live in in if you live
1: with in Notre Dame, fans, I have
3: a lot of people like we have Jim one Wilkes. league where we have like four Cincinnati guys in the league. So you think you're going to sneak? I I, I I couldn't sneak Jeremy Hill past any of these guys. These guys knew about him before I did, and I thought I was like the first guy to know about him.
0: Are you in it? Are you in a league that you, did you used to live in Cincinnati? You know about from like, how do you know that many
1: people from Cincinnati?
3: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I'm in the I'm in one. Well, my well, one friend uh, Chico, he's the guy that was lived out here in Chicago. He was part of my Euchre group. And so that's where like the game she, started. How from.
1: old are you, euchre? Yeah, man. Hey,
0: <laughs> he loves it. Euchre,
3: <laughs> cribbage, play the games, man. You I like
0: cribbage though. I'm down with the cribbage. Okay,
3: well, euchre's good too, man.
0: <laughs> <I> gotta <laughs> go to Houdini's place. It's really cute. Him and his girlfriend do puzzles together. Oh, they, play, they play like go fish together. Like what you Uno,
3: Uno, War,
0: War, War. I'm like, "What are you doing?" I say. "Shoots right, and ladders." No, I'm call you back. Okay,
3: I'm back. in a yeah. right exactly. hot, game of Candyland right now. It's a hot game of Candyland. I'm on Gumdrop Mountain and I'm trying to make it home. <laughs> uh, yeah. Good stuff. All, All right, right, talk about Virgil Green. Virgil Green, number twenty-two.
1: I mean, at the outset of the offseason, these guys are like, "Hey." before they knew Kubiak was even going to be their coach. They're like, hey, he's not coming back. Julius Thomas, you know, see you later. He's taking the money. We want Virgil Green back anyways. Better blocker. He's going to be on the field for us pretty much at all times. He was one of the best run-blocking uh, tight ends in the league last season. He just destroyed guys out there. And they can move him around a little bit, and he can also just... He's an athletic freak, so in the mold of Julius Thomas, you know, drafting him when all you hear is buzz about the size and the speed, and you know, Peyton loving his tight ends. This is a lottery ticket,
3: you know. It's like a scratch off. You're either winning big or you're winning nothing. I I, I agree, and I'm I'm not as sold as you are no, no. on this on this guy at all because here's a guy that in four years has a total of twenty three receptions. Now, <laughs> he had six last year, and Julius Thomas missed some games last year, if I'm not mistaken.
2: Yeah. He yeah. Was.
3: So, here's so he my situation. The other problem is, it is Gary Kubiak's offense, which basically means it's Owen Daniels' offense. Yeah. Owen Daniels has never not played in a Gary Kubiak offense. Yeah. You have old man uh, Peyton Manning, who realizes this is basically like last shot spill uh, of what's going on. I look at it and going, like, if, if Virgil Green is going to emerge, it is not going to be in the first six weeks. Because it's one of those things that, what does Peyton want to do? Peyton's, remember now, Peyton before was playing his offense that he brought to to Denver. Kubiak is now making him learn Kubiak's offense.
1: Nah, it's a blend.
3: Yeah, but a lot of it is more Kubiak. Peyton is learning for the first time, having to learn something different in 12 years.
1: That's not, that's, true. that's not what people are saying. that's They're saying it's the same no-huddle offense with zone-blocking zone running. Blocking. I think he's right. bringing more of the
0: zone-blocking. Peyton's still going to be able to do his Peyton thing. Yep.
3: They're I still know,
1: running no-huddle. They're still letting Peyton call it. That's not what line. I'm saying,
3: though. But it is still learning the different no cadences no and push. different different, no different nomenclatures of a new offense. And who is the guy that is most experienced in that offense at a position that Peyton likes, it's Owen Daniels.
0: And Owen Daniels, last year, again, we're going to stop mentioning Pitta. I don't know why the Ravens tight ends are getting so mentioned here. But Pitta went down, and Owen looked great last year. Well, let's talk, was let's, a fantasy, fantasy relevant Let's talk play.
3: about him, because he's at number 20. So we'll we'll, we'll go with 22, Virgil, and, and then we'll, we'll jump back to 21 here. Okay. okay. Fair well, we're in the conversation. Okay, fair
0: enough. Oh, yeah, so Owen Daniels, the one thing I'll say that's both of these guys, both Virgil and Owen are at Duke playing catch with Peyton. So I think that's good. So it's not like one of these guys has an advantage to get on the same page and try and learn some of these new routes and whatnot together. I'll even so give I'll, Virgil, that the, Virgil. It helps Virgil. I'll give it, Virgil
3: another yeah. benefit. He gets to learn from Owen Daniels. Yes. Owen Daniels is not like he's he's not he's a veteran. He 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 signed his contract with Denver. He's got his money. You know, this is not a guy that's that's ultimately concerned. He's a, he's a true professional. So he he'll do his best to help the other guy out to make the team win. He wants to win a championship. Yeah. Do you one
0: thing I one thing I'll say before uh, uh, we'll go on? In the picture that I saw of all those guys, um, the one where they photoshopped little, 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 Did yeah, you guys like, see how tall Owen Daniels is? I don't know if it was like perspective on the shot, but he looks... only only 6'4". He looked really tall, though. I mean, he looks like... Only 6'4",
1: coming from the guy who's yeah. like 5'2".
0: <laughs> <laughs> he looked like... He, Peyton Manning's really tall, and he like was right up there almost eye to eye with Peyton Manning.
1: Here's the thing. We took, want to talk about money. Three years... Eight and a half million dollars. Give that to a guy who's gonna sit on the bench behind Owen Daniels. I don't. I think
0: they both get a lot of play. I don't think he's. How he much? It, how much did Owen
3: Daniels sign for? The veteran minimum, one point two mil. Because he's cheap. Because he wants to keep playing football. But the fact of the matter remains: what they're hoping is for Virgil is that he will blossom into that. But the fact of the matter is, I've not seen it yet. And the fact of the matter is, Owen Daniels is. The main tight end in of this offense for, for the last 10 years. Stag party. Who do you
0: think in drafts, as buzz goes on, remember, we, we're early. We do this shit year-round. Excuse me. Um, year-round we're doing this. Who do you think gets drafted in fantasy drafts first?
1: Owen Daniels.
0: Who do you think? Owen Daniels. Okay. I don't know about that. Think? I, think, I think the buzz starts going on. Like this is All, the all it, takes is it, it takes is one
3: game. It takes one preseason game. Owen Daniels. Virgil. Is Virgil, Virgil. Virgil has that kind of. But what Owen if? Daniels becomes more sexy in the fact that you're going, oh, it's Peyton Manning. Oh, it's Gary Kubiak's offense. Yeah. If you watch, especially preseason game number three, or just or any of these points, are they rotating him at first, and then are they going, okay, we're going, here's our offense, our main offense for a half. And if it's Owen Daniels out there, for 80% of the plays and only Virgil Green on a, on a, on a few of them, and he's not getting targeted... Well then then you know what the initial outset of that's gonna be and I agree. Then what you do is you keep Virgil Green on your scout on your on, on your scout wire, you're, 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 you keep him, you keep him in an eye on him, but you don't draft him.
1: Here's the thing. I don't think Peyton Manning plays like a Dow this preseason. I don't think he plays very much at all.
3: So I don't think you're gonna be able to tell very much. I d I don't know. Well you'll be able to tell by who they put out there to start.
1: Yeah, I know, but I, Julius Thomas didn't do much in that preseason it was all that six touchdown game, seven touchdown game by Peyton Manning in game 1. Remember, he wasn't even really involved in the preseason. The hype train was rolling.
3: The hype train was rolling real well, but he wasn't really involved that preseason. Well, well so I mean, it's one of these things. He's going to need to degenerate the hype. And he's going part of it could be from, you know, just, I'll give a, a, a shout out for our beat writers' type piece. You have to see what they're saying about him when he's in training camp. What are the writers saying? Who's the who's the guy that's really impressing in practice? Is Virgil Green? Because here's the thing: for a player that has as little stats as he has, he better make a, a goddamn big impression when he gets into into the camp, and he better work hard and he better do everything that he needs to do to improve his game. Well, you said
0: you talked about how many catches he has. He only has 29 targets on yeah. his career. Can we also?
1: Talk about what he did at the Combine, though, because it was just insane. Five years ago? Yeah. <laughs> what did he do? Tell me. Four four four. It was actually a pro day because he wasn't invited to attend the po- Combine. <laughs> he or, wasn't or No, he was. Yeah, he was. Never mind. I take it back. <laughs> but his pro day results were appreciably better. better. At the Combine, he was a 4-6 guy. But at his pro day, 4 10-10 broad jump, 42.5 vert,
0: uh, Six nine three cone drill.
3: So what you're saying is he's one of D-Rex's basketball
0: losers. Yeah, and I think what I'm saying is no Except one. Except he can block. No one came to his pro day, and the guy running the clock and running all the the, the drills. His name was Virgil Green Sr. <laughs> I don't
1: know about all that.
0: I, I think and it was it was run right at Virgil Green Auditorium. <laughs> what year did
1: Colin Kaepernick come out of the draft? Uh, uh
0: thousand and ten.
1: Uh, well, well, he was out at uh, Nevada in 2011, so...
3: All right. <laughs> let's talk about a guy so that, that Colin Kaepernick, Kaepernick to... is going to throw the ball to and miss off. It of. might have been 2011. It was 2011. It was Some people
1: He's were left. at his pro day because they were there for Colin Kaepernick.
0: Yeah. So, boom. Booyah. Power point. I like it. <laughs> so, right. let's go. We're going to take a step. We're going to step back. We went two steps forward. Yeah. Now, now one are step, taking a step back. back. And that re- literally, maybe and figuratively, Vernon Davis sliding, sliding, sliding. Can I go back to
1: Virgil Green? One yeah. last thing. For a tight end, 2 I'd rather take a lottery ticket, like a Julius Thomas, like Gronkowski in his second season, like Jimmy Graham in his second season, than a guy who's going to give me 600 yards and
0: four touchdowns. I'm not going to say I disagree, but go to Houdini's point, if in this preseason, a guy is in his 10th year, Owen Daniels, all Excuse me, all tenor with uh, something in the air here. We're get we're all coughing and all the time. But it's not all with, kind of all, with Kuba, all with Kubiak. If, if they're sitting there and it's all in and, and it's Owen Daniels is playing, even if Peyton's not, then I'm I'm thinking that if I don't go high on it, I'm not saying he's my tight end one, but maybe he is. And I here's my difference
3: too. I don't love uh, a lot of these guys ahead of him. Julius Thomas when he broke out, who do you have in front of him? Jacob Tammy. Okay. Uh, Jimmy Graham, when he broke out, who did he have in front of him? Was it Heath Evans at the end of his career? Ben
1: Watson.
3: Okay, enough said. Uh, Rob Gronkowski, when he broke out, who did he have in front of him? Owen Daniels is an established veteran, knowing an offense. So Ben Watson
1: wasn't an established.
3: No, he was not an established. Ben Watson was not a guy that you sat there and went like Owen Daniels has respect around the league. I agree with that. Ben Watson did a real long time ago when
0: he was with the Patriots, like early Super Bowls. Um, Vernon Davis
3: What a disappointment s- last year <sighs> After, you know, here's His biggest problem He doesn't get targeted enough
0: Yeah.
3: So he had Half 50 as many year.
0: targets as, as Ri- Rivera <laughs> 50 targets he had
3: 50 targets and the year before he had 52 receptions Good God Yeah,
0: you know We know that he's done it before He's had two seasons of uh, 13 touchdowns no other tight end can really say that. Maybe Gates, maybe uh, Gronk, but uh, you know. So we know he can do it. Uh, the question is, will he ever again? What, did,
3: does he? What's his desire level? That's my that's my thing for Vernon, because for a guy that can turn it on like he does when he's at it, he'd have a horrible season, and then he'd have the postseasons that he had when they made their run to the Super Bowl and the postseason that he had when they when they when they went to the uh, to the championship game. He's stepping up huge in those games, and you're going... And then, otherwise, it's just like, eh, I just don't care. So, I, I, I don't care to draft a player
0: that I don't know if he cares or not. And you know what is a very representative of that? Out of the 26 catches that he had last year, I mean, God. the contract correlation of catch, 1.7 catches a game? It's crazy, but he fumbled twice last year as well. So he's fumbling in the in the one out of thirteen catches. <laughs> <laughs> so I think you're right. The heart, the focus, you know, I I I don't know. I just don't. I I think he would have been a good guy. That's that a pretty good, a good. That's shape. a pretty
3: good home run rate for it, bat One out right? of thirteen.
0: Right? You know? Exactly. I think I think he's the kind of guy who could have served Baseball well with enough. the new change of scenery, but. Who knows? I, I I don't know. He's a guy that's gonna slip, 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 and again, white tight end too. He could be that guy that all of a sudden, if Kaepernick uh, learned a thing or two from from good old Warner and and really figures it out, maybe all of a sudden this is one the Virg uh the, not the Virgil I'm just, he, the Vernon season where he actually has a Vernon like great season. I want to throw Vernon on versus I want, Vernon th- on.
3: I want to throw one more thing back to the Virgil Virgil Green talk, <laughs> just to give you a fair warning. But I've heard of some draft buzz. Denver, Max Williams. Oh! And if that happens, end your Virgil Green cream dream. Cream. Bye-bye.
2: <laughs> I think you should
1: end your Owen Daniels dream because Virgil Green's the better blocker.
0: Well I like that your
3: cream dream. You like that, huh? Yeah, real, yeah. real, real. I
1: thought we were trying to keep this like PG.
3: <laughs> PG thirteen. Mean, I was thinking of the color. I, don't <laughs> I was thinking of a creamsicle. <laughs> To number 19. Oh, uh, it's another not, one of your guys. Let's 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 have so another uh We not talk about
1: Vernon Davis just still playing snaps last season though. He played like eighty percent of the snaps last season. I think he's gotta get back involved. I mean you're paying him that much money. And you know, he's still he's probably the fastest tight end in the league still.
3: I just I, here's the problem. They're gonna be a bad team. I wonder what his commitment level is on a bad team. We got a Chris this bad team thing. Gonna they're going to be 8, nine and, they're and gonna, 7. Yeah, they're going to be... That defense is going to be atrocious. It's a new head coach. Look, I understand that, that Harbaugh burned everyone's ass out. I get it. I read the, the thing... The, I don't know who yeah, it was yeah. that... Uh, Space's name. The guy Boone. Yeah, yeah. Boone. Uh, you know, basically saying that we just got tired of it. He's just, you know, he just, he's just a hard ass. And Well, more of just... He's crazy. He's right. Energy, he's energy. He go, from, go, go. And after all, are like, Coach... Think about it. I can't give it. Who was his first coach? Captain Crazy. Mike Ditka. Yeah. I mean, you don't get crazier than that. I mean, so yeah. learn from the best. And you know, who, who was
0: his uh, college coach? Was it Bo Schembechler? I think he was he was Schembechler was guy. Was a another, guy. Yep. another crazy guy. My dad played for Bo Schembechler <laughs> at Western Michigan. He said he was crazy. <laughs> um, all right, Josh uh, Hill. Jonah. Jonah. Fat or Skinny Jonah. We got Josh Hill. Obviously, this guy, situationally, is in a great one. Another one
3: of these guys, though. Huge was his his vulturing. Five touchdowns on 14 receptions last year.
0: Jimmy gone
3: right now. He's the man. What? Where's Dog when you need him? Why? Dog has him ranked number 11. Dog likes him. Because think about what they're going to be doing. It makes perfect sense. I I know your love affair with him. The thing is, is that he's going to need to score the touchdowns this year. Now, the problem that I find why I don't have him ranked as high as that is because he did it last year when everyone was just ignoring him. Well, they're not going to ignore him anymore. And the reason why I think Dog is going that way is because the Saints are looking like they're going to be a much more run-focused uh, team. That's why they brought in, they traded Jimmy for Max Unger. You want to strengthen your offensive line, protect yourself, protect Drew Brees. And I think that Mark Ingram is going to be the focus. Josh Hill is a good blocker, and they're going to use him in that regard. As far as him taking, this is, where, this is where I think sometimes people get a little ahead of your skis when you're making projections for guys. Yes, he had five touchdowns last year. He may finish this year with six touchdowns. Yeah. And he may end up with 40 catches, but he's only going to end up with maybe like 440 yards. I did, to project all of a sudden, just because Jimmy Graham has gone, he's not Jimmy Graham.
1: You know Actually, have you seen his combine numbers compared to Jimmy Graham?
3: Uh oh, I so, don't see. Him. Because the combine has, has determined everything. But the he's an athlete. No, we use it. We use it in our pros.
1: Exactly. You know, what do you have to go off with him besides you know two seasons of sitting behind Jimmy Graham, not really playing? Besides combine numbers like we have for everybody else. What are
0: they? <sighs> so good. <laughs> when it hits your brain,
1: no. 4'5", 40, you know, 6'5", two, 246 pounds. Jimmy is a little bit heavier at 255. Uh, better vert, um, or 36 inch to uh, 32 and a half, or 36 and a half inch to 32 for Jimmy Graham. And his broad jump was relatively the same, right around 10 feet.
3: Damn, I like that. That's well, now here's good. the thing. Here's that makes thing. me a little more excited with him. If it translates. I, here's the whole thing. You know what? There are plenty of guys that you can put up, and I can say, look, here's a guy that had all the minor league numbers of Ted Williams. Ted Williams is Ted Williams. Jimmy Graham is Jimmy Graham. Of okay? course, but we do have
0: to. With I, that, with I, I, will, I will game, give. You have to use I will
3: listen. But again, data. I also like. to I'm saying, tamper the expectations a little bit, people. Just because he goes into a role that someone left, we talk about it all the time. Why you don't handcuff guys with certain guys? Because the guy that comes in after Demarco Murray can't run like Demarco Murray. You can run behind a great line, but if you're not that great runner, you're not going to do it. So he's not the same guy as Jimmy Graham. He might be a nice player. And he might and he's gonna have and he's gonna have opportunities in the offense. I'll agree with that. Here's the reason why I might
0: like him. Is because not only did they they got rid of a lot of their receivers too. Tunes never done jack squat to do it we talked last week on our on our podcast about how old uh, what's is. the reason why they it's, did this it's I, I I just I don't know but it, 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 they they might see something and they don't have that many weapons and at the end of the day I think uh, drew bree's offense is going to be while not throwing as much not 5000 yards anymore is still going to be concentrated on passing to get into that red zone so they can start running a room. okay here's what I'm going to say
3: I might be right. I might be wrong. Yeah, and I'm, kidding, I'm reading. Tea, I'm right. reading tea leaves. I'm looking at the Saints and, and everything that I heard uh, middle of last season when Breeze was struggling. Oh my God, we waited too long to replace Drew Brees. So when I see all the moves and what they did, and when they only said there's only one person that is untouchable this year, two. Brandon Cooks. I thought they said they said they said Drew
2: Brees. Okay,
3: well because they can't trade Drew Brees because of his contract, they're they're screwed. But they have to, so they trade everyone else because it's almost like an acceptance of saying. We want to be good. We, we know that Brandon Cooks, we want to be good in two years. And it takes two years to turn your – you can turn everything around in two years. Trade all these guys, acquire more picks, start redrafting, uh, find another quarterback. You're going to need to make another trade at some point in time, and they're going to to do all these things. So what I, my thought is, yeah, they have the potential, but you know what? It's going to be really on Drew Brees maintaining and holding his stuff together, and I'm starting to see the breakdown more so with him than I am with Tom Brady. I worry a little bit with Peyton Manning, but I still have more confidence in Peyton Manning than I do in Drew Brees right now. Like it, his wheels came off quick. Hopefully, he rested a lot. Actually, I so. hope so.
1: I mean, I don't think the
3: wheels are completely off Drew Brees. Well, not um, completely, but you got three. You got you got you're wobbling. So he, <laughs> you got wobblers down the road. He's a, <laughs> You he, don't want to drive behind him. Let's put it that way.
1: <laughs> he tied Ben Roethlisberger in yards passing, right? So he loses a thousand yards passing.
2: That's, That's a lot.
1: Four thousand yards. He's still passing it. It's 4,000 yards he's still passing again. It's a lot of yards, 4, yards, lot
3: of yards and fantasy points for Drew Brees. But and we're talking Josh this?
1: Hill still. We're talking Josh Hill. We're not talking Drew Brees. So he loses a 1,000 yards in passing. So he goes some to Josh Hill, and he goes some to Brandon Cooks.
3: How many goes touchdowns some to did he throw last Wilson. year? 33. Let's say that goes down to 26.
1: I think that's aggressive. I think maybe I think like 28. 30. Yeah, I, think I, 28. I don't know if
3: it's that aggressive because I think that, that, you know, my you love. Think, you you think know my love for you lo- hold, on. You know hold on. You know
1: my Hold on.
3: He had nine last year. So what I'm saying is yes. You know what? It's going to go from nine probably to 13, 14 touchdowns. That's Mark, my that's my Let's fact. move on. We covered him a lot. We covered, we covered, covered 16 him well.
1: touchdown guy. We, co-
0: we talked about I him I didn't
3: say he's a 16. I said 13 or 14. So, yeah. It's, right. ha- it's possible. You wait and see. All right. Zach, uh, Eric Ebron, number
0: 18. Uh, rookie who had an abysmal season, and what did they draft in tenth last year tenth overall uh, so but let's again I, I think it's, we it's all think be season better. i think he's all, i think, I think we all think he's going to be a lot better this year, high talent um, he's got he 's on the right kind of power and numbers team he 's got a good quarterback that can sling it. I mean who knows if Stafford's even good anymore, but he 's been able to throw yards and touchdowns and points in his career. I like Ebron, is he gonna? Is he going high, guys? Is he gonna no. be? He, he's not. He's not guy that's gonna get some buzz and
3: be be one of these uh, top ten tight ends. It will take two good preseason performances for him to get that buzz, and it's gonna have to be consistent type performance. And that's al- almost the biggest problem that he has. He's on, as you mentioned, a power in numbers offense, but a power in numbers offense that takes targets away from him. Golden Tate. Calvin Johnson take targets away, and then you 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 have Joique Bell who's still receiver. You got Theo Riddick now who's going to be coming in. They throw to the running backs a lot. Uh, you know it, it's almost a, a situation where it's like I almost feel that because they have Brandon Pettigrew and then no one expected them to grab Ebron when they did. I don't think they ever changed their offense, so they never really accounted. For the tight end to do much in their offense before, because Pettigrew was not a big speedster. He was just more of a plotter. He's just more of a guy. And Ebron came in, and let's be honest, he struggled learning the offense. He did not look comfortable. Head drops. Right, because he's, he's, he looked like he was trying to learn it on the job. <laughs> you got to like the fact that, okay, now you've had a whole offseason. This is important for him. Here's a guy where you want to follow the beat writers. What are they saying about him in OTAs? What are they saying about him in minicamps? Is he dedicated himself? Yeah, then you put him on your radar. But we need to hear those first news on him.
1: I don't think I'm touching Ebron as one of my lottery ticket guys. Uh, I've got a few that I I like a lot more than I like Ebron. You know, he didn't show enough to me last season, even with more opportunities than most of these other guys. Uh, he played like forty percent of the snaps, so he was in there. You know, a little bit uh, dropped like. Six passes or something Not a great blocker And then right. his catch percentage was like right around 50% And the part that was like They didn't tailor the offense around him Obviously Because he averaged under 10 yards a catch Like of Pettigrew used mm-hmm. to And if Eric Ebron And his athletic glory Is not averaging over 10 yards a catch that's that's a little bit of an offensive problem. That's a little bit of a quarterback
3: problem. It's is it? you think about it. It's horrible scheming, right? You have Golden Tate and Calvin Johnson. You can open up the middle of the field tremendously. Why wouldn't every route that you're throwing on the ball be a 12 yard route downfield? I don't think
0: they just didn't trust him last year. I, don't I think, think, I don't I really think what,
3: from what I'm reading, the one the thing I
0: like about, camps. The, one, the one thing I like about from reading about him this year is he. And he's saying all the right things, you know. It's all just speak to keep keep people fired up by you. But he he wants to be great. He's been working hard all his. He gets the speed of the game. He he understands. He he it was a bigger transition than he had anticipated. All those stuff. You know, he talk is cheap. We'll see it if it comes. But if it comes, it could be great. I kind of agree with you. I think he won't be on my team. I don't want to take a risk until I. I with tight ends, until I see it. Until you've been there. Uh, unless it's a, a late-round, tight-end two-pick, and it's like you like to call it Stags, your golden ticket, this is not a golden ticket guy. This is still going to be a top-10, uh, top-12 kind of uh, player, and it's just not, it, too there's risk, too much, too too much, much risk, risk for the, what the potential may be reward. But again, at the same time, we could be in week four, and he could be the talk of the town. It's not beyond the realm of possibility. And keep
3: in mind, like we mention all the time, though we, ha- we rank everyone because we have to rank them all. It doesn't mean that we would always want to draft a guy just because we rank him in a certain spot. It means that this is where the guy probably should go. But again, we have our own feelings. And so we're telling you here on this podcast, I think we're all three in agreement. None of us are going to own Eric Ebron. Yeah, I agree. Let's move on to the next guy, number 17, Delaney Walker. We know from our
0: uh, video that we did uh, for tight ends, the top 10. And again, we're going to be ending this at number 11. So once, when, if you want to watch 10 through 1, Go and check out that video. Good stuff. Good insight. It's uh, the three of us and Dogmatica. And uh, Dogmatica said um, during that video that he actually had a Delaney Walker at like 10 or 11. So, but here we have him at 17 because we're doing we're coming up with these rankings based on our collective tiers. I'm pretty low on him, but you know, thinking about it, the, some of the things that Dog said and some of these stats with you know 100 yard games and uh, you know he had a hundred over a hundred targets himself, and he has done it before. He is a talented guy, and he had some big. He, had, he just really had some big mo. He's had some big moments even since going over to the Titans, kind of a futile offense. And so that's he, it, though. You know what I mean? Like, look, If they do, not that I think Mariota is going to really help him at all, but there, there is, if Mettenberger can be feasible, you know, even serviceable, he's pretty good, this guy. So, you know, I think he is one of those tight ends that is a lot is underrated.
3: Yeah, I agree he's underrated. And the thing that's interesting for me is, like I mentioned before, right, you have these offenses where the, all the guys are good around you. And it, it's, it's good and it's bad, right? The bad part is that you're not going to get targeted as much. So the good news for Walker is he's one of the best receivers that they have. So he gets targeted. And, those, and, and again, this is what we talk about at the tight end position. 100 targets, is, it's, it's head and shoulders when you're talking about the guys who are getting 65, 70 targets. I mean, that's an extra two targets per game. Potentially two more receptions per game that your player can get because he's getting chances. And the other thing that's it's interesting about Walker is, no, he's not like a dominant touchdown guy, but the guy finds the end zone every year. He's giving you four touchdowns almost every year, four, six, three, you know, it's... it's. Well, the last thing I'll say about Delaney, and, uh,
0: you know, you can say what you want. Jimmy was a, a first or second round pick last year in most fantasy football drafts. Delaney Walker had one yard more than him last year. He had 890 yards receiving. Um, Jimmy uh, Graham only had eight, 89. Uh so you think about little things like that and we're always blown away by when tight ends have 100-yard games, when tight ends uh you know go over that 10 to 12 touchdown, but especially when they're going over 1000 yards, that's when you know that's like there's something really special with this player at that position because it's so rare. Absolutely. You got anything on Delaney?
1: I like him. I like him. Uh, I like him a lot more than st- 17, I think I moved him up to 13 or 14. Uh, my latest version of Tears. So he's definitely going to be, uh, I think, inching his way up. I think I like him a lot more than the next guy we're going to talk about. Larry Danell. Um Yeah, you know, it's a good Just point. three touchdowns, that one game,
3: that outlier, where he didn't even start himself. Uh, there's there's a stand for Larry Donnell that stands out more than anything. And by the way, also, there were only 2,000 yard tight end receivers last year. There you go. So, the thing for Larry Donnell, he did, you're right, that game was amazing. The stat is four fumbles. Yep. That's a lot of fumbles for the tight end. For especially for, you know, he has, he was targeted. He had 92 targets. Yeah,
0: no, he definitely was.
3: And the thing that Larry Donnell, where his value gets crippled even more, is Odell Beckham. He was doing it all before Odell Beckham. It was, that, it was the games against Washington, it was it was let me play Washington and I'll destroy them. It's like that was for that was for him. That was like the Bears on his schedule. Couldn't there be games though and moments where the Odell thing and all the
0: playing and all those great three wide receivers are, of are very soft where it comes and it just you know he's just open. He's a big target. You're in the red zone. He's doing that post pattern. That's how he scored. He scored. He had the, he had the same exact play pretty much on all three those touchdowns. Plays and yeah, that was ridiculous. And and the one thing I like with him is his trajectory on where he's heading. Where he's. Going from where he's been. You said how many targets he had last year. He had 90, 92, which we all think is impressive. His rookie year, he had 6. So, you know, I'm not that I'm going to say, you know, I do not Do I think he's going over 100 targets this year? No, but if he can hover anywhere above that 80, 85, eh, and you get a tight end that goes down, or you go really late, or you're in a big
3: league, and, and I mean, let's see how much he committed himself to. There's. A good are point. you going to be a, a ball-tractor now? Yeah. You know because it's the easiest thing in the world, right? The hardest part is 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 making all those ridiculous catches that he makes and toe tapping and staying in the end zone. Corner of the end zone catches that he makes. Yeah. But if you can't hold on to the ball, then you can't be trusted. So I would think with wasn't Tom Coughlin an ex Marine, I would think after an off season of whatever he's put him under the, the the he probably gave him a, a a gift bag for the off season. It was a football, and next to the football in the bag was a, was a little thing of crazy glue, and a glove. And the probably these
0: two should never be apart. And then he gave him a third one. He's like, if you don't figure this out, there's a pink pe- sheet of paper in your in the in there the third go. bag.
1: Here's here's my thing. Nine games with under four fantasy points. Nine.
0: Nine. That's not like, good times.
1: Like. So he was either doing what he was doing in the first four weeks of the season eleven, so that six, eight point one, two point five, twenty three point four, or he pooped the bed.
3: Yeah, but you could almost see those poops coming because it was one of those things where again, it's <laughs> read read that was like right after it was a couple of fumble games and it, it's 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 understandable. This is one of those things too. This is why when people get hot on guys, and especially when guys are flashes in the pan, why are they flashes in the pan? Because as they get the more and more uh, attention paid to them, or they start getting more and more balls thrown their way, now they have exposure. And now they're fumbling. Now they're making mistakes. Now they're going, we can't trust you to give you that much of a workload. You need less on your plate. I think with him, he's in a, he's in a great team that's going to be scoring a boatload of t-
0: touchdowns. He's not the kind of guy you want to ride in the battle, everyone. But he ended only 11 guys had more fantasy points than him last year. Do I think he can be in that same zone, potentially, in this offense? I think it's 17 where we're looking at him, it's like the perfect slot for him. he's going to be an outlier, he's going to be a fringe guy, but he's going to be serviceable. He's going to get you over
3: 115, 125 fantasy points. What's my favorite stat? Do you catch touchdowns? Yeah. He catches touchdowns, yeah. If you get 80 targets and you catch touchdowns, you're going to have a decent year as a tight end. Yep. He
1: only had 90 fantasy points last season.
0: You look at PPR... Oh, I'm in the PPR. I'm sorry, boys. I needed non Temper expectations. Yeah, I I, I was in the (laughs) PPR. 90 fantasy
1: points. But if you take out that three-touchdown game... I get it. He finishes right about, like, tight end 18 or so.
3: Yeah, I did say that. right at 17... Remember, remember... We we can say the same thing about Josh Hill, who had the two-touchdown game against the Bears. If he's approaching anybody's top... (laughs) If if he's
1: approaching anybody's top ten, be wary.
3: Well, you you shouldn't be in your top ten. Yep. All right, I got the next guy, number fifteen. A guy we thought should have been in the top ten last year. Wrong. Yeah, we had
0: him top five. I think. Oh, I, I think disappointed. I yeah. He, yeah. he just he, I think this the, the big red flag with this guy is that Bye. by by week six he could be out of the league.
3: Mom! You think you think it's that bad for him? Just, it obviously uh, is. Yeah.
0: It obviously is. He's had what three concussions I since know. his name's been known. Jordan Reed. Hit the, yeah, Jordan Reed. And the reason why he slipped in the draft was because he had concussion and prob yeah. injury issues it's back in, at Florida University. Yeah. So I love the guy when he's in there and he's and he's catching but passes. I don't like it it's when training.
3: he's in, I didn't like it when he was in there last year. I don't understand how they were using him last year. They used him like he was a Dree Archer or someone like that. It was bubble screens they were throwing him all the time. Was that because RG? They just want RG to be able to get that pass. Him to, they didn't want him to fumble the ball or whatever. I don't know. But the fact of the matter is, when you saw the dominance that he showed you as a rookie in certain games, a two-game, three-game stretch, it was taken away by the game planning that the way that Jay Gruden was using him. Now here's the one thing I'll throw at you: Why I also be more concerned. Is maybe the part of why Tyler Eifert wasn't fantastic? Could it maybe be Jay Gruden? Mm. Maybe this offense is not built for tight ends, that maybe his offense is built for wide receivers. Wow, yeah. I mean, Good maybe. Point.
1: Gresham always got a little bit in Jay Gruden's offense because Jay Gruden was there for a while. He gives them tastes. Yeah, he gives them a little dabble. he
3: scrap here. And-
1: I think Jermaine Gresham ran the most tight end screens in the league. So that's just like a staple his, of his I play. I feel
3: like tight ends for him are like ducks, a, ducks waiting for Stanford. That's Brick. not a
1: good thing. That was it, it, not a pro. No, I know.
3: No, <laughs> no I know. But
0: especially, it, it might be a pro for an offense and moving the ball and how you want to run your offense. But in fantasy football, it's a, it's a detriment. It's going to be you shaking your head every time you're at the bar watching your team. Oh, my God, great. It's like watching Jarvis Landry get five catches for 22 yards. I expect him
3: to. Uh, he better, they better start making him be a
2: We're no passive dog I, I know, I know,
0: I know. Tight oh, end. Like, you like. you, you mentioned a, this you game. You like? You mentioned a guy. You mentioned a guy. I love. I have get. to say. Have
1: I yes. told you? Greg Jennings just took his job. Now, Greg, <laughs> Greg
0: Jennings not,
3: took his job. Oh, <laughs> let's let's
0: let's go on to um, go on to the next uh, next guy, and that's another dude that can't seem to. I'm not catch. excited about this guy. I'm not either. Catch the breaks, and it's another Notre Dame uh, tight end, Kyle Rudolph, always banged up. Uh,
3: you know his nice plays. No, no, when he had his, his year, second season, we he had the nine touchdowns. So then you all start again. This is why I say temper your expectations when you're trying to just extrapolate. Well, all oh, the growth from one year to the next, because then he sucked. He only played half the season. It was it was improving. He was on pace to finish with 626 yards as opposed to his 493, but he would have finished with six touchdowns, three less than he had the year before, playing in half the year. He's not a yardage guy.
1: Or a catch guy.
3: Right. So you I don't like these touchdown tight ends that are bust. so touchdown dependent, and for him, it's basically been one season that he did it. Yeah.
1: I mean, the thing is, he's got, like, the perfect storm going for him. He's got the Norm Turner tight end friendly offense Uh, He's got a young quarterback who's both defeated to the tight end, and he's got, you know, touchdown potential when, besides AP, who can score touchdowns there on a regular basis, huh, yeah, but it just never seems to go together, like, I just feel like I was trying to blend red when mixing my colors together, and it came out like, you know, that poo emoji. <laughs>
3: I, I just look at him, it, again, it's, it's, he's just, he does not take over any type of drive. He gets to do one or two, one reception on a drive. It's, a mo- it's moments.
0: If he can bottle it up and, 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 and have some consistency and continually do it, he's got, he makes great plays.
3: We've I, think seen he needs, I think he's a guy, who, because he can have that touchdown ability... He's one of these guys that will be better suited in an offense with a lot more weapons around him where he doesn't need to be counted on as often. Because but don't you think
0: they've got a lot more weapons now than they did a year ago?
3: I, I think they do, but at the same time, I think that... Um and especially, what if AP comes back? I don't think they have a true. I think he needs someone that's like a true superstar on that team to help draw attention away. I if think AP I is think a superstar, somebody. He doesn't have Mike it in the Wallace. receiving game. Oh if you, yeah. If you Ooh, ask Mike Wallace. Wallace he He was a true superstar. No. He'd give you that answer. But I'm not asking
0: Mike Wallace. <laughs> Did you guys know? I saw the story about how Charles Johnson showed up at some girl's birthday party. Yeah. You see that picture of him? Yeah. He's got a. He looks like friggin' Lenny Kravitz when the hell. I thought he looked up. like uh, Dennis Rodman. Dennis Rodman before he went full blown weirdo. <laughs> Dude, he, he's got like his hair's dyed. He's got a nose ring. He's got like all these he crazy looks much, jewelry. Much different than the last time you seen him, huh? Yeah. It's like, oh,
1: I was stuck in the league for a while and I didn't get paid a
0: uh, practice squad salary. Ooh, life is good. Well, you kind of realize why maybe some of these teams were dropping him, because he's a little edgy. This is a guy that's a little, little edgy. I don't think he's going in and listening to the hip-hop. I think he's more of like a grunge and rock and roll kind of guy. <laughs> Seriously. He's to got me. that look. Um, all right, Rudolph, we'll see what happens with you. I think you're another guy that will not be on my team. Doesn't
3: mean you won't do anything, though. So here's a uh, guy that's, like, basically the next guy, has scored over 100 fantasy points, like, almost every year.
0: Since ever. Every year. Jason Witten. Yeah,
1: Since ever until well, this year. I don't know if he did his rookie season. This doesn't go back all the way. So, but
3: I, I think this is the, the end of his streak of 100 point seasons. I I disagree with you firmly. I Normal. think this is. Okay. I think, I think, think this okay is. Here.
1: I think this is the bounce back of Jason.
3: because Demarco's gone.
1: Because Demarco's gone, uh, he, his target number was an aberration. He's, he had his lowest target of his career.
3: First time under 100, 100 targets in, uh, I don't know, Since
1: 2008. There you go. Uh, basically, here's the thing. He's going to be back over 100 targets. These guys are going to have to throw it more. I think they threw it like 150 times less, uh, focusing on DeMarco Murray, focusing on the run game than they did the previous season. So, you know, 10 past attempts a game, 150, you know, spread amongst a couple guys. He's getting 20. So he's getting, you know, potentially back to his 75-catch type season with 800 to 850 yards with 5 to 7 touchdowns. Uh, He's never been a great touchdown maker, but lately he's been a little better. So I can see him hovering right around 5. So if he's getting you 75 catches... And he's getting, yeah, 800, then I would him. take
3: him. I don't think he's getting there. That's, that's my point. So I look at him as an aging guy. <laughs> and especially for him, he's a guy that when I looked at all the tight ends that were getting old, I'd look at him, I looked at Antonio Gates. Um, compare those two, because those two have probably had the most parallel careers of all the tight ends that are out there. Uh, you know, near 1,000 yard seasons or a couple 1,000 yard seasons. Gates definitely showed more with the touchdowns than, than Jason Witten did, but Jason Witten's always been the ultimate PPR uh, tight end, and I, I look at it again, and we were talking about the boxing out and the way that you use themselves and, and the way that Antonio Gates is it's that he'd always been having injuries, remember it was foot injuries it was a, a heel spur, a foot this a, he just was playing through, shot, playing, yes. fast, just playing through pain all the time, you don't hear that about Witten and what Witten is just getting is getting old and Witten is finally getting to that point where here's where, where I see his year being. That, that last year with, with Dallas Clark was Dallas Clark the year before, and then all of a sudden, what the hell happened to Dallas Clark? I don't think it's there yet. I think we're a couple years away from that. I, think oh, gonna, I, I don't
0: know. I think he's going to be all right just because of the intimacy that him and Romo and the, and the connection you that see, they have you there. see
3: 800 yards out of him?
0: He's yeah. a yardage guy, dude. Yeah. He 700 last year. 703. But he, I think, yeah, I see 800 yards out of him. See, I, I I I I don't think he's gonna be a big touchdown. I don't think he, gonna, finish he
1: finished top ten last year, and he played pretty no, much. And I, 100% and I and I get it, but the other things the that steps.
3: I look at too is that you're probably gonna have I mean, you have already Des Bryant, who is touchdown machine. Right, okay, so sixteen touchdowns or whatever he gets. You have Terrence Williams, who's also a touchdown guy, yes. and who's also getting better, who's also younger. We also talked about earlier, your boy Gavin Escobar here. I think this is the year where It's just, look, there is no affinity for for, uh, how great you were for us in NFL. It's win now or win now.
0: He has here's what I think. It doesn't matter. You guys aren't Nostradamus, so when you start putting out your numbers and what you think he's going to do, great, I hope you're right. I hope one of you's right. But at the end of the day, this is a guy that has a lot of 100-yard games under his belt, has a lot of, uh, he's a savvy dude. He's never been the fastest, never been the, the, he's always been a, tank but he's he's he's, he's a he's a fan favorite. I just think he's going to get his and while I don't think he's going to be what he was 5 years ago, there's no way he would be, no, there's no it. way he would be. He can get you a few hundred yard games. Better question.
3: No no, I want you to answer this question because this I think is more poignant. This is what it's about. I I'm okay. I understand. I would still draft him because if I'm looking as a backup and I just want to get solid production whatever. Would you draft Jason Witten? to be your starting tight end week in, week out in 2015. Absolutely. Would I be psyched
0: about it? No. But he might be. If I wait, if I wait,
2: yeah.
1: I would take a Jason Witten as my starting tight end, but then I'm going to take my lottery ticket on the other side. Agreed. I mean, if I'm this late, he's going to be one of the last
0: tight ends drafted. We have
3: him at 13, so what I'm saying is starting in a 12-team league... We, we collectively like have so much more than life.
0: Charles Clay.
3: It's ridiculous. Uh, and I, and I, yeah.
0: <laughs> it's ridiculous.
3: Yeah, I mean, he... And I'm on the other side of that. And because that, I, I, I like the upside of what Clay brings.
1: Is Witten playing 16
3: games for you? You mean, is he going to play 16 games this, this year? This season, yeah. I don't think he does. Do you think so he does? That, He's missed one career game. <laughs> one
1: career game in his rookie season. He hasn't missed the, wheels the to game fall in 11 off.
0: years. He, he plays even when he's got a punctured sure. lung with blood in it. Yeah, and appendicitis.
3: So then here's what you guys get. Then what you get is the guy that plays for you every week through pain and I'm just telling you
4: with all the playmakers
3: you have on that team, he's not the guy that you're looking to make plays for. Tony Robo's not looking his way as much anymore, and Escobar's going to take a bigger role. It's just called age. It happens to all of us. I got you. Things deteriorate on if you. Make, if, we make it, if I make a choice in my draft, the
0: tight ends are going super, I'm going super, super late on tight ends, I really, really like him more than the next three guys ahead of him. I just do. Am I psyched about my tight end position? Absolutely friggin' not. But I made that decision that I wanted to go high on, on my wide receiver three and four. I wanted to get depth at my running back. I wanted to take a backup, whatever. Maybe I went high on defense. Well, no, see, But I, I look there's at, a
3: give and a take. Well, see, you're right. And, and here's the thing. You're right in, in this sense. Because I kind of look at him and Gates as very similar to this year. And if I'm going to bet on one of those, I'm going to bet on Gates. And the problem is that the Gates finished as the number two scoring tight end last year. So he's going to go way ahead Absolutely. of where he should now. And Gates will not be on any of my teams. Absolutely. Alright,
0: let's go to the next guy, and that is Charles Clay. Um, in my opinion, the most overpaid player in the league at this point. But I told uh, you why. And I, we all know why. Bill Belichick we is, know is, why. To,
3: is to fuck Gronkowski out, out of uh, New England.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, I swore. <laughs> yes, that's our third one of the show. What do you got to say, buddy? And none by stag party. There you go. So, I terrible. had zero last week.
1: <laughs> uh, I don't like Charles Clay all that much. I... Here's the thing between Jason Witten and Car- Charles Clay. Here's the thing, who's the better quarterback? I get it. So that, that's just it. In a tiebreaker, I always go to the quarterback. Right when you're looking at comparing two players that are similar range, always go to the quarterback situation. Always go to the guy who's going to perform better. Always get a guy who's going to throw it more. The guy you have more trust level with. And that's why I definitely go Jason Witten. Unless over you're Charles unless Clay.
3: you're worried about r- 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 rheumatoid arthritis. <laughs> <laughs> but Here's the, here's the one thing
0: You may not be but I think Witten might be Here's the one thing I'm, I'm going to say that, that, that I think is a point that you've been using Continually on this, this podcast Is the talent factor The power of numbers There's so much talent it's going to eat into them This guy's got more offensive talent around him With no quarterback Zero quarterback than Clay. I mean, they got Watson. You got now Harvin with these trick plays. You got Woods. They got the Clay as their tight end. You got Shady now. I mean, that there that is a guy that I think in Clay that is going to be sitting and he's going to go high. Game. He's going to get lost in shuffle, and they, and they don't have a quarterback. So I'm worried about him. I think he's going to be a guy that'll that'll rear and bite people in their ass. And I hope it happens because there's no chance I'm going to ever draft him Um it, let's go to the next dude and that's um last dude this yeah this is the last guy actually uh ranked number eleven for us and this guy's just he's he's really just a a wild card, you know? Because when he's in guy. there and when he's healthy, he's so good. But then there was an opportunity to see that Fleener can, and Dwayne Allen, who knows it, this guy just might be awesome, and you, if he plays all sixteen games this year, might be awesome. But at he the same would time, he just don't know. Awesome
3: all. if he wasn't playing with Fleener, and Fleener was, would be amazing if he wasn't playing with Allen. I agree, but when they were both playing, Dwayne Allen was awesome, not Fleener. No, well, no, no. Dwayne Allen is better because no, but Dwayne, he, this stats in those first. No, five no, games I know. Dwayne Allen better. had seven touchdowns in his first nine games. It's a uh, this guy's a touchdown maker. But the difference between him and Fleener, and this is a, this is an issue when you get to is he gonna be a starting tight end for me. And this is where you, you you better be thinking like we were talking about. You better start thinking about streaming guys at, at this point in time because he's not a <laughs> unless you unless you can count on him getting all these touchdowns because he doesn't have, he doesn't have what do you have one game over sixty yards last year? He doesn't he doesn't, none over no no none over seventy, I know that. So he's not a big yardage gamer. Kobe Fleener could at least break out and give you a couple hundred yard games and give you the eleven catches. Allen is more of the now I'll be interested to see what what effect a decent running game has with with them. You know, having Frank Gore in there, or who do you think Andre
0: Johnson adversely affects more? If they're both playing and they're both in every down, and they are doing split tight ends, I personally think Fleener's more of the deep route guy, more of the downfield kind of guy that might get interrupted with the Moncrief progression, That's true. and and you've got Andre Johnson. So I don't. I still think that. I still think the Dwayne Allen zone in catching is still his. So, who knows? But this is a guy that, again, I think Dwayne Allen will slide pretty far, and he's got the chops to do it. It's just anybody's and he's guess. A great,
3: and it's, again, great team. Go back to to your statement, and I've made the same statement before about the quarterback. It's Andrew Luck. Good times all around. Um, yeah, I think. What do you What do you think? Who do you think
0: uh, gets helped or hurt more by the Andre Johnson signing?
1: Neither. I think Andre takes some touchdowns from Allen and some yards from uh, Fleener. (laughs) So both. Not neither. Both. But I also think you know, Fleener gets some more touchdowns and Allen might get some more yardage. So I think it's sort of going to be a wash because I think Andrew Luck blows up and just throws for a crap ton of yards. (laughs) (laughs) Which we've sort of talked about. We just think that Andrew Luck's going to take the next step and you know, completely
0: blown out. So, everyone everyone so here's how you look at
3: it. Dwayne Allen is that guy. If you're sitting there, I think, and you've waited on tight ends, and you want just you you because you probably went and you drafted like three extra, you know, two, uh, uh, earlier on your third running back, earlier on your fourth wide receiver, earlier in, in these other categories, so you waited. So this allows you. Here's a guy. You want a guy who's going to plug and play, give you at least five points every week. Here's your guy.
2: Yeah.
1: I mean, with the
3: potential to go for 11.
1: And it was a top 10 player in terms of fantasy points per game last season. And that's the thing. Hmm. Dwayne Allen's 7.3 fantasy points per game in standard scoring it was good for ninth among tight ends. So, anybody, once we get to after number 6, or number 6 and below, here's my strategy this season. I'm going to take one player who I feel is you know top 10 to 12, being the very last one to select the tight end... Then I'm going to take my lottery ticket, who we've talked a lot about, the Josh Hills, the Virgil Greens. And then, hey, if my lottery ticket pays off early in the preseason, depending on what my draft is, or, you know, in the first game, I'm going to ride with it. If not, I'm going to drop them, and then I'm going to kind of roll with the punches at tight end. I'm going to play against the Bears. I'm going to play against the Seahawks. You're going to stop, drop,
0: and roll? Oh, you did you did the fireman's uh you did the fireman's test, right? Yeah,
1: just the not the physical portion yet, but we'll get there one day. But the thing is, I'm just gonna roll with the punches at tight ends and search hunt for touchdowns and you know, hunt for 50, 60 yards. Hunt matchups. Hunts, yeah, I'm hunting for matchups. I think I could do that with maybe I could definitely do it at tight end. I'm pretty sure I could do it at quarterback. So if I don't get a guy I'm comfortable with at quarterback, I'm spot playing that too.
3: Here's the last thing I'll say about Dwayne Allen for me. Is that he was a guy that was very very touchdown dependent last season yeah. on his points. That's usually a red flag. But when you're in an offense that and I think that we all are in agreement this Indianapolis offense is really in its infancy of what it can accomplish what it can do. So I think that while he, I don't necessarily see his touchdown total going up much from where it was last year. I do think that his yardage will go up, as Dagg said. And I think he becomes a more balanced player. So I think it's a solid, again, if you've gone and you waited and he's still sitting there, it's a safe pick. I like it. Well, here's uh, thank you. This is that's it. Check out our
0: check out our video cast for uh, top ten tight ends. It's available on pyromaniac.com. I'm going to do a, a few little promos here. Check out Mo. We got Mo's doing pyromaniac. Mo's doing some great videos and and interviewing other people in the industry, and it's been great. He's got another one going on. I forget the uh, the guy he's doing Friday. this uh, Friday's doing this Friday. I forget, but check those out. Those are fun. Again, we're trying to get more video content. Please, do us a favor. Help us with this podcast. Go and subscribe to us if you already haven't on iTunes. Go go to iTunes and give us a review. It helps us. Give us a thumbs up. Rate these shows and give us help the popularity of it by saying, Hey, we love this show. This is a good one. And, and, and rate the shows individually. Um, we really appreciate everything you guys do. We work hard on this thing. And uh, we do it because we love it and we're passionate about it. But we really do it you know, to try and help you guys, our fans, our um, fans, our allies, our legion of uh, pyros, be our the minions. Best that, yes, the best that we can be, and so we're really psyched about it. We got some cool stuff coming down the pipeline, that is for sure. We're gonna be having a, 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 a NFL draft party uh, on the Thursday night at Burger Bar South. Uh, I'll talk about it more on the future uh, podcast that we do between now and then And we'll be promoting you that the on the week The, next, <laughs> our next the last week. one We got one more, but it's alright It's good, we don't want to. too many of you guys Show up anyway, so we like just Hanging out Oh yeah, we decided we were only buying drinks For the people we
1: like <laughs> <laughs> and and there's I don't not, like and anybody
4: there, yeah.
0: <laughs> Unless so, it's Travis Kelsey I'll buy you a drink, buddy <laughs> Yeah, you will, you and your Kelsey Well guys, good stuff, amen, way to go Fire it up. Uh, give us a little
3: preset on, on what we're gonna show. Well, the sad, sad. Unfortunately, case. you know, one person I, I will definitely be drinking a beer for at our at our draft party is for uh, the recently deceased Doug Buffone. Doug Buffon, uh famed linebacker for the Chicago Bears, uh, passed away uh, unfortunately, tragically young at the age of 70. And uh, Doug Buffone was a uh, not only a great linebacker who played with Dick Butkus. He was actually the last uh, link to George Halas. He's the last player that played for George Halas. Um, and he, uh, you know, unfortunately alive passed. Or? Yeah, live. Uh, <laughs> he, he was his coach. He was his coach. So, uh, Doug Buffone and Ed Obradovich, two players that played together on the Bears back in the, in the 60s and early 70s, they always did a uh, postgame show, and it was, you know, would have been done again this year on the score. Uh, Ed Obranovich, Doug and O'B, and what I'm going to play you is just uh, some. This guy was just pure emotion. This guy lived and breathed. He played for the Bears for 14 years. And you know he was a stud. I mean, he was a stud too.
0: Back in the heyday of the sport, he was one. Of the, he's a good-looking, tall, big guy. He used to go out and be around and be. He was like a. He was like a figure. There's a great joke. He was a figure in his, Chicago. His
3: rookie season, the story is that they're playing Green Bay for the first time, and <clears throat> and whenever Doug would tell the story, they would say on the radio, he laughed every time we he would tell the story. He said he's warming up. And Vince Lombardi comes over and he leans over to him with his his yellow teeth all glowing, and he says, "Buffoon! You know that's Italian for buffoon, right?" <laughs> <laughs> well, let's play. This is a pretty funny. This is
0: give us. A, this is
3: after last year's Bears-Packers game. Where the bears had remember, had lost to the, uh, by uh, giving up over 50 points to New England and then gave up over 50 points uh, to, to Green Bay. And it was and if you remember, Green Bay was very gracious because I think they, they had scored 42 points in the first half of this game. Yeah, they that was it. our 2014 bears. but
0: thank R. you Bill, Doug. We, we, we miss you, buddy
4: done over the years when people when they have when the players have gone out there coaches have done a good this job we, we love it we want to see it we tell them yeah they did a good job who did the good job and and why they did it and when they're bad we tell you why they're bad what I'm going to tell a quarterback that's making 22.5 million to play 16 weeks and he can't hit a bull in the ass with a banjo that he's oh well we'll we'll do it next week or it's this or we'll do whatever no 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 and no! But see, you can say no. Everybody can
2: say no, but you got to do something about it. In other words, what are you going to do about it? Doug, they, they just gave up 51 I understand th- th- that, Ed. And two weeks, two weeks. Then they, they are fired all of For them. Green Bay. Just okay. to go ahead and talk them to them is not going to do it.
4: You people have no idea how pathetic this game was tonight. Not let alone going up to New England and getting slapped around like six little puppies and then to go up to Green Bay when you're three and five, and, and, to, and to meet this challenge with the dreaded enemy and go in there and just take the game away from them, it would have been a great thing for the, for the team to do. They went up there and they laid down like a bunch of sick dogs. And, and it's time to anybody in this room or on, on the radio to tell me what's different. And this team is soft as a grape. This team is not very tough. This team is not physically
2: tough. And to say no and to get everybody together, like I keep saying, trust me to get all the guys together. They'll put their arms around each other and go kumbaya, sit down and say, hey, listen, you know, how's the family? What's going on here? What's your, what would you eat last night for dinner? That makes us a team. That's what not make you a duck, team. I Man, hope- he's got to do it. thing with these guys. I hope You that- can talk all you want to talk about. He doesn't do
4: anything about it. Well, what I'm trying to tell you is what I think and what you're saying. Yeah, right. Kumbaya, I agree with you, Doug. But what I'm saying, what should happen, this particular time, again, the ninth game and as pathetic as they've been playing, and and you talk talk about discipline? There is no discipline. Those morons don't even know how to spell the damn word. There is no discipline up there. There I'm telling you, George McCaskey... If he doesn't do it tonight, now, I'm going to reiterate what I said. He better do it tomorrow morning and pull everybody in. Folks, this was the ninth game of the season. We got a lot of more games to go, and five of them are at home. Five, and if they thought they heard booing before, wait. But I'm going to tell you, George McCaskey has to come in, and it can't come from Ted Phillips, and it can't come from memory, because you want to know what? They're part of the damn problem. Well, here's the fact, too. George McCaskey comes in. What does he tell him? You guys are bad. You guys are on discipline. You guys are not practicing you, very no. well. He comes What's in he and do? he says, whatever you're doing is not sufficient. You're not winning. You're not practicing. You're not playing. We're not winners. And you better be next week. Every one of you, coaches, management, and everybody's on the clock from well, now on out till the end of this season. That is my point. My point is in this game, it's called fear.
2: Fear Factor. The fact is, when somebody comes in, you all, everybody's got a job. How are you going to put the
4: fear factor in Cutler when he's... Fire him! fifty-four him!
2: Well, he's got... seven. of his 22 million, and tell him to go home. He's got... I'm telling four, you. Well, it's 54 million. No, it's 22 guaranteed or whatever it is. 54 guaranteed. But the fact is, when it's all said and done with, these guys are getting away with murder. They're getting away with murder. He's got a coach there. You know, this thing really always pisses me off. And I, and I play with Mike and so have you. Everybody's that like, oh, no, Mike is not too sure. You know, he doesn't have, he doesn't have this, he doesn't have that, you know, the game plans this and that, but when it time he came to the play the game, right their when it time out. came to play the damn game, you were out there and you were busting your ass. I don't see anybody out there busting their ass And oh, There's not one guy I'd take out of that team right now. If I was starting a new team over with, there's not one guy I'd grab. Not one. And what the hell does that tell you? The fact is there's not the fear put into it because this game is a lot about fear. You either do the job or you go home and go sell hamburgers at McDonald's. That's exactly what it is. And that's not what they're doing. They're the one dictating what's happening up there. You can't go into a football game, like Ed said, with this urgency that this football game means so much, not only for your standings, but for it's the Green Bay Packers, and you got your ass whipped by New England real bad two, two weeks ago, and you're gonna walk into there, into that field, and say, oh yeah, boy, we had some great practices last week. You know, we sat around the cafeteria, we all shared a hamburger.
4: Okay. Give me a break. You know what? I
1: had, I, I, you know, a mention about with plastic and bricks, you
2: know. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere.
4: Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom?
1: Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting
2: lucky in the limo and we lost track of time.
4: <gasps> no, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you Lucky.